Welcome to another week of the All Music Is Good podcast. The podcast that gives you the lowdown and a lighthearted take on four recent releases. We go deep to try and work out what's great and sometimes not so great about each one. And I can hardly believe it, but this is episode 10. So to kick off the festivities, I need to introduce you to the man of a thousand hustles. Some say he's the internet explorer to my safari, the lime wire to my Napster. Oh. The Winamp to my iTunes, the Commodore 64 to my Apple IIe. Let me say a big episode 10 welcome to Mr. Smoke and Vape himself, Arik Bloom. Arik, welcome. Thank you, Waza. Thank you for another wonderful introduction. Um, I probably would have been more Commodore 64 to Sega or Mega Drive, but I'll take Apple IIe any day of the week. I might have also... Uh, what was the other one? There was a few good ones back in the day. But no, Comedy 64, that's that's legit. Um, mate, I'm really good. Um, what can I say? Spring has sprung in Melbourne City. People... Mm-hmm. Uh, we had our first weekend where the entire city decided to defy the um, public health orders and everyone basically just, you know, got the skin out and walked around in the park a lot of people drinking, having a good time, not social distancing. It was a vibe. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I think we've got, there's a confidence here that we're post, the, I think there's a, there's a broad confidence that we are, we are through the pandemic. Um, we'll just call it. Sit. Yeah, yeah. It's been called, I think actually the boomers have called it. Um, I've, I've been getting whispers of lots of, uh, of lots of boomers wanting to see their grand grandkids and they've they've called it they're like this is this is bullshit it is over well footy finals are on that's always a you know a reason to come out and uh, get excited it is it is it is i actually i had this moment on saturday where i was like the sun's out it's 26 degrees and actually this is the last this sh- this should be grand final weekend shouldn't it no it should have been yeah prelim. Uh, no no not yet prelim next week prelim should have been prelim yep. final weekend, which let's be honest, was that's the weekend. I mean, that's always the best weekend, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, but there's no grass cutting going on. You know how you feel the the you know or you smell the the freshly grass being cut, but the council workers aren't out there. That's with true. With their lawnmowers, we're missing that. I think that's. I that's think something. I think you're right. I think I think there's been a real kind of like low key sort of understatement of hay fever this season, and perhaps. <laughs> It's it's to do with uh, the lack of grass cutting, um, and also the fact that we're wearing masks. I think that that's helped me a lot this this year in regards to hay fever. Yeah, look, likewise, perhaps it's a you know it's a it's the sign of sign of the times, and perhaps we can look forward to a you know hay feverless existence post twenty twenty. Look, um, a couple of other things that have happened this week. Um, I went. I uh, I shifted my boxing regime from the PM to the AM. So I actually woke up at the crack of dawn this morning, and I uh, I went for a box and basically uh, was I was boxing next to some Tai Chi people, and I'm just where do you of, box? I box. Um, well, I've just got a friend that I box with in the park. Um, okay. She's a she's really great. She's a musician as well, um, and she holds pads and and she's properly experienced. So. We we basically go to the park and throw a bit of us 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 around yeah. and um and really shake up the the yoga folk and the tai chi folk at seven thirty in the morning. So it's a it's a really nice start to the day. 
that's basically been me, man. What about you? How's your week been? Um, busy, busy work, busy, weird. Most of my business is done interstate, so it feels like it just hasn't stopped for me. So, sort of been a weird, a weird few weeks where everyone's sort of still on that, you know, taking it easy, and I'm just getting pumped. So, and then you sort of combine that with a bit of uh, two o'clock in the morning tour de France action that just wipes you out. So this sort of the last two weeks been a bit of a wipeout. So. For those, I need um, a break, who, man. for those who are not familiar with um, Warren Hunter Esquire, a, a few weeks ago we discussed uh, um, Mr. Worldwide Pitbull um, on the podcast <laughs> and uh, one could certainly argue that uh, Warren Hunter Esquire may be Mr. Nationwide because this man this man racks up the points on the, on the domestic travel and you can find him... Uh, when Virgin Airlines was solvent, you could find him lapping up the ham cheese toasties in the Virgin Lounge. Am I right, was? Oh, and the um, yeah, the ham cheese toasties definitely, and the soup. I always really like the soup in the Virgin Lounge. It's funny you should say Esquire because it has been the week that they have replayed both Bill and Ted's no way movies. So Bill S. Preston Esquire. Oh my god! And you're my Ted Theodore Logan. I can't believe I haven't used that one yet. We'll <laughs> have to put. Come. We'll have to. We'll have to put that one in the mix for next week. Have you heard that Bill and Ted's are making a, uh, a yes, yeah, a, a third? It's weird. It is weird. It is weird. If you want some really weird content to tune into, um, check out the Stephen Colbert interview with um, Keanu Reeves and the other guy. Um, because <laughs> Ted Theodore Logan, who is yeah, who is whoever, the guy? Well, his name's Bill S. Preston, who, but no one knows actually the actor's name. Um, but check that out; yeah. it's fucking really weird. It's really, really weird. He looked like he should have been um one of the leftover cast from Karate Kid, one of the guys who got beaten early by yeah, Daniel Russo been in the earlier rounds. One hundred percent earlier rounds. He definitely should have been like a third tier Cobra Kai student, I reckon. <laughs> totally. With a weird bandana, with a Cobra Kai yeah, yeah. bandana on. Weird, weird mis- misfitting, kind of poorly, poorly tied up. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, maybe we should get on with it and maybe you can take the honours tonight. I mean, with my amazingly long and um, long-winded intros for our guests, um, I've set a high bar for you to, to live up to this week, Eric, so I might leave you to take it away and introduce our guest for the week thank you was was so each week on the all music is good podcast we invite a guest reviewer along to the show to basically provide us with some sort of legitimacy um in the activity that we do um often we you know we've we've sought far and wide for these guests sometimes we we go far you know we go local a local melbourne artist Sometimes we go international and we, you know, throw a call in to the Middle East and, and speak to a, an artist, you know, rocking it in one of the Gulf states. But this week we've brought it a little bit closer to home. And by closer to home, I mean literally the person that I live with. Ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce to you a woman who is truly, well and truly, puns aside and bullshit aside, this is a woman at top of her game. 
a Doctorate of Fine Art and Public Art from Melbourne University and the Victorian College of the Arts, and also a regular at Benji's Karaoke Bar. Some <laughs> would say she has the kind of lilt that potentially Fiona Apple has in fact herself modelled her career on because I tell you what, when we actually reviewed Fiona Apple's song, I was like, I'm sorry, but that sounds like this very special person. I'm going to introduce to everyone tonight on the All Music Is Good podcast, ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome to Dr. Amy Spears. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, Amy. Now, um, as someone sort of... Dr. Amy. uh, Dr. Amy. Um, so, as someone who works in, a, I guess, a different sphere to music, this might be an awkward one, but um, each week what we do is we ask our very special guest to provide like a, like a song that they've produced or something um, to kind of be the background sound mm. of, um, of like your introduction, but perhaps we could maybe even just like get like a pre-recorded lecture. just off the cuff yeah just yeah just off the cuff or something like that a a lecture on uh on what specifically whatever you want it could just be a lecture it could just be you talking and lecturing because you know that's what doctors Uh, do right i think i just prepared a lecture on the katy perry album actually all right so what we like anti-capitalism like affect theory vibes so that's 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 exactly what our audience is looking for yeah yeah i don't want to (laughs) like Yeah, capitalism. Oh my god, this has started early. Started Welcome to too the, early. It started early. So what we might do, Amy, is uh, maybe um, once once today's taping has been completed, um, I'm, I might just kind of uh, have a have a meeting with you, and we can discuss um, the audio for your background music. It could be you speaking. It could be you singing. In fact, I'm actually down with opening up the studio and having you just record some stuff. I'm happy. As long as they're not trap hats. I'm happy to do a lone WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I love that. I love that. So, Amy, Dr. Amy Spears, and I think perhaps was I, maybe we can set the, the guide of, it's just Dr. Amy Spears today. It's not Dr. Amy, it's not Dr. Spears, it's Dr. Amy Spears. That's what we're going with here. Um, Sounds official. Yeah, it is official. Can you tell me a little bit? I mean, you don't actually, actually don't tell me. I know exactly what's been happening for you in lockdown. Why don't you tell Waza what's been happening in lockdown? Well, maybe you could tell me what it's like to be in the great man's bedroom. Like, the bed is well made tonight. <laughs> Obviously, he knew he had guests coming in. He's made the bed. He's got back the, uh, what are the sheets? The waffle quilt. The waffle, the waffle quilt. The white, the white got the waffle, waffle sheets yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the white waffle sheets on. The plant is looking well watered. I watered it actually this afternoon, so thank you for noticing. I know you did. I, that's why I mentioned it. <laughs> Eric's got sorry, the nice Sorry, room. Dr. Amy Spears. That's okay. Eric's got the nicest room in the house. He's also got the most alive um, house plants in the house. So, you know, I think he's... Look, I, I'd endorse him for, you know, any kind of friendship or lover situation. So... Thank you, Dr. Amy Spears. There you go. Um, look, we spent a lot of time together. We, uh, like, co-own our jacuzzi together. He's much better at tending it. Than I, I do. So you you realise you are in the company of the actual pioneer of the jacuzzi movement. I am I am honoured to be in <laughs> in, the be. Com- in company of the person that made our lives much better. Uh, you I should been, thank me. I haven't been able to get into the jacuzzi for about five weeks because uh, I accidentally burnt myself t- trying to impress a girl and 
poured oh. up uh, steaming pasta water on my leg. Uh, so oh. I haven't been able to get in the jacuzzi for a while. But as I didn't far know where you're going with that. As far as I know, it's still quite good. Yeah, no, we've balanced the chemicals. We actually put the seven in. Yeah, it wasn't a chemical accident. No, No, it was just trying to make a crab linguine. um, Oh, sounds nice. Yeah, anyway. I would use a a crab linguine to impress someone. That's definitely an impressive dish. Yeah, I just pretended I hadn't burnt myself and just kept, (laughs) like, pushing on and serving dinner. Uh, but I don't recommend because then you can't get in the jacuzzi for a while. But um, but uh, yeah, like lockdown's okay. It's okay. I mean, Eric's good company, so yeah, Amy's good company too. And we, you know, we like to uh, we like to regale the neighbours with a little Harry Styles. That's What's true. That song again? Sign of the times. Sign of the times. Uh, for those um, tuning in for the first <laughs> time to two five eight Brunswick Road, Brunswick. In fact, was you might be one of those people tuning in for the first time. Uh, myself and Dr. Amy Spears have uh, conjured up quite the uh, the sing along playlist, uh, and we we've got some really big tunes. Um, we kind of lead with Harry Styles' "Sign of the Times," that's a big mm-hmm. one, and then we kind mm-hmm. of like bring it down and do uh, "Iris" by the Goo Goo Dolls, but then we but that sort of lifts up, you know, mm-hmm. after the sort of second verse, and then what's the other big one we do? A bit of Powderfinger as well. It's very white, very Anglo. It is pretty white Anglo. (laughs) It is. It's it's the Anglo that's in our range. (laughs) Yeah, it's in our range. It's in our range. (laughs) I mean, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, but look, they're. Yeah. See, mine's more boys to men, followed by John John Legend, and you've got Harry Styles to Powderfinger. That's true. Tragic. Well, Well, I mean, you know. The uh, Instagram does not lie, and uh, we are, we were all privy to your amazing rendition of uh, "End of the Road." Um, you know, uh, just as things started to open up. So, for those who really want to deep dive into the personalities behind this podcast, mm. it's on my it's <laughs> it's on my Instagram. Um, but we don't even use Instagram, do we? Was well, not officially. Not Maybe officially. unofficially, we do a bit of Absolutely. work behind we do, the scenes. We, we do a bit of work behind the scenes. Um, Dr. Amy Spears, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Um, we might throw over to Was to, uh, I guess, take us to our next chapter of this evening. Waza. Well, the next chapter, as always, is our Instagram like of the week. And this week... We've got a man who in 2010 was named as one of Time Magazine's most influential people. Okay. That was in what the top 100 most influential people in the world. So this is this is someone serious and, and okay, maybe so I just to, it up. just we- just just to rewind was so this man is one of the most influential people in the Time Magazine 2010 awards. Correct. Okay, cool. Continue. He was an actor in the criminally underrated film Starship Troopers. (laughs) So underrated. (laughs) Criminally (laughs) underrated. Criminally underrated. So good. So good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's also known as a comedian and magician. 
Okay. Ooh. Well, they're the best type, aren't they? I mean, that's oh, not the best. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly the kind of person that you want at your party, right? All my favorite people in the world are magicians and comedians. Yep. Okay, Okay. he was given a free... Yeah, he was given a free lifetime supply of Red Bull by the company, Red Bull, due to his love of the product and free endorsements that he would give them. Wow. Okay. This is... I'll keep going. Yeah, please. Amy, is getting any leads? It's intriguing. Okay. Okay. Um, He's been a mainstay on sitcom television for most of yours, Amy's, Dr. Amy Spears, and my life. And he's been nominated for multiple Emmys. Okay. So, comedian, magician, sitcom star, 2010 Time Magazine nomination for Person of the Year. All right. I'm feeling that. Okay, this is the last one. He's a father of twins, a boy and a girl, and Elton John performed at his wedding. Okay. Okay. So, Waza, is yes, is, is his magic is that like a is that like a well-known kind of you know arrow in his quiver, so to speak? I wouldn't have said so. Twins? Is it? Are his twins? Uh, are his twins? Um, uh, a boy and a girl? Yes. Okay. Um, is has this person also cultivated some kind of music career? Uh, yes, I would say he's probably cultivated a career. Um, okay. But, but, Maybe but, not. But, okay. Okay. What are you fishing I'm, for? Well, I'm fishing for potentially... Was this person a, quite a big star in an, in an 80s uh, sitcom comedy? Uh, I don't know. I guess it might have been 80s. Or early 90s? May, yeah, I'd say more likely early 90s. Okay. Is, <laughs> is this man... Are you looking up this? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to throw one of this out there. Is this? Are we talking Will Smith? I reckon we're not talking Will Smith. No. But I like that. But oh, but Will's okay. Will would never make it into the all music is good like. No, you're right. That's hemisphere. True. I don't think he would. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll give you one more clue, Eric. And the reason I have picked this person is because he mentioned him to me in passing this week when we talked, and I thought I'm going to do it. I'm going to hit him with it. Okay. What was the context? I'm not telling you. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, well, the the context was, I was in the spa. I was in the spa and you were doing something and I was talking to you. And that, that's the context. Okay. I'm, 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 coming up, uh, I'm coming up snake eyes on this. Was. Yeah, that doesn't narrow it down. Like. No. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's give it. This week's All Music Is Good Instagram like of the week is none other than Doogie Howser himself, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Great work. You know what would have been a really great clue was? Would have been he he patented the sound of keys, um, you know, as in like keyboard keys, punching oh, in really? journal, journal entries. No well, way. He, well, he didn't, but like my association of Doogie Howser 
is basically that uh, that sound that he made on his PC at home with his blue screen up the back. Um, I don't remember that. I do, I that must have been late eighties then, Doogie Howser, was it, or early nineties? I would say. I'm thinking late eighties, late eighties, early nineties. It's the same era. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. I never really liked it. Is what's going on on but there? Uh, we go. Do, what's going on on Doogie Howser's um, Instagram page? Uh, well, I haven't liked it yet, but I will now. We'll, we'll oh, get on okay. in the next five minutes and we'll like it. But okay. um, they're making a remake of Doogie Howser I was reading while I was researching this, which was quite interesting. Wow. Anyway, what? Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick and Harris. Um, Interesting dude. Very interesting dude. Yeah, well, anyway. He, um, I think he, um, he, he had a bit of a musical theatre pivot at some point, didn't he? Oh, massive, massive. I mean, he's hosted the Tonys. He's won multiple Tony Awards, multiple Emmys. Um, he's hosted the Emmys. He's, he's, a, he's a triple threat, the ultimate. Maybe more than a triple threat if you had magic into it. Dr. Amy Spears, do you have any recollections as a, as a young one coming up of um, Doogie Howser, MD? I'm trying, like it's. I'm okay. like racking my. Br- I, I remember the name, but I'm try- like nerdy dude on yeah, TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was a young doctor. He yeah. he graduated. He, he did his SATs at age twelve. If I if the if the opening credits um, jog okay. my memory. Maybe you remember I- how I met your mother. Maybe you remember that one a bit bit more. Uh, oh, was that a film? No. Sick on for about ten seasons that won multiple <laughs> Emmy right. awards, isn't it? How I Met Your Mother is that what it's called? Ah, uh, look, we'll have to throw it to the um to the fans. <laughs> That's I think, I think, really weird. Yeah, I, look, Eric and I are the same age, so I should remember anything that Eric remembers. You really should. I, sh- I I think I just avoided anything with like nerdy straight cis men, to be honest. Yeah, no, I feel <laughs> that. I feel that. I feel that. That's a legit thing. Um. Okay, <laughs> Doogie Hauser, aka Neil Patrick Harris, or should I say Neil Patrick ha- Harris, aka Doogie Hauser? Our Instagram Dr. like Doogie of the Hauser. Dr. Doogie Hauser um, is our Instagram like of the week. Thank you, Waza, um, for upping the ante. I really did hope it was Will Smith because I had a really good antidote about Jaden Smith, but I'll I'll save that for a different podcast. I'm sure we'll get a chance. Um, all right. Well, I guess we should uh, dive right into the music, hey? Let's do it. We'll be right back. So the first album we have for you this evening is Angel Olsen's Whole New Mess. Angel Olsen was born on January 22nd, 1987 in St. Louis, Missouri. At age three, Olsen was adopted by a foster family that had cared for her since shortly after her birth. Despite her early adolescent aspirations to be a pop star, her interests later shifted when she started attending punk rock and noise music shows at the Lemp Neighborhood Arts Center and the Creepy Crawl, as well as Christian rock shows throughout the city. She began learning the piano and guitar and writing her own music. At age 16, she joined a local band called Good Fight, self-described as a meeting of early No Doubt and punk rock. Two years after graduating from Tower Grove Christian High School, Olsen moved to Chicago. After releasing her first EP, Strange Cacti, and a debut studio album, Halfway Home, on Bathetic Records, Olsen signed with Jag Jaguar 
ahead of her first full band record burn your fire for no witness which was released in 2014. the closing track of the album windows was featured in the final episode of the netflix original series 13 reasons why in 2017. Olsen's third studio album, My Woman, was released on September 2, 2016 in a review for Consequences of Sound critic Clara Dolan described the album as a startling record of unimpeachable strength and honesty, while Pitchfork's Jen Pally described it as her best record yet. In addition to her work with uh, Bonnie Prince Billy and Karaya Gang, Olsen has collaborated with a number of other notable figures of, um, on the American indie rock scene, including Tim Kinsella of Captain, Captain Jazz and Leroy Bark of Wilco. Her collaboration with Kinsella and Bark, as well as with Chicago poet Marvin Tate, resulted in the album Tim Kinsella Sings the Songs of Marvin Tate by Leroy Bark, featuring Angel Olsen, which the group released on Indianapolis label Joyful Noise recordings in 2013. Olsen's fourth studio album, All Mirrors, was released in 2019 to critical acclaim. Pitchfork described the album as breathtaking and a strong wind that blows in and leaves you undone, while The Guardian described it as challenging and intriguing. Happy Mag described it as a change of theatric transcendency when compared to her previous releases. On August 28, 2020, Olsen released her fifth studio album, whole new mess through seasick records and i'm gonna pass this on to the one and only dr amy spears and ladies talk and about it and ladies and gentlemen that brings us to the end of this week's episode thank you so much for tuning in thank you very much warren hunter for uh basically really setting the scene for us to say i don't have much on this and then doing one of the deepest the biggest deep divers into the background of someone's career thank you very much we are the all music goodies all music is good podcast and we'll see you next week i actually saw a show the other night eric um it was uh cheney oh no what's it called what's the dick cheney oh oh, yeah vice 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 and they did that in the middle when he was supposed to retire yeah. to yeah. go and run Halliburton and then he lived happily ever after till he went and destroyed America. Well, I think that's actually quite an apt way of introducing Dr. Amy Spears' uh, digest of this record as uh, perhaps we can lead with how the record sits in the realm of public art and... <laughs> And, uh, and you know, all of the things that, uh, you know, smart people talk about. Dr. Amy <laughs> Spears, do you want to tell us a little bit about your take on the Angel Olsen record? Uh, look, to be honest, I don't think it's okay to put me on the spot to ask me to, like, uh, uh, connect this to my professional life. Because okay. I don't think music has anything to do with my job. It's about, uh, for me, I am a music enthusiast. I know nothing about music and I claim to not have any sort of professional uh, take on anything, but I am an enthusiast. Well, that that Fiona Apple lilt might bring that one into question, Mm. you know? Uh, Well, all all I've got to say is I have been called a music separatist, which means if you go onto my iTunes or Spotify, I only ever listen to uh, female singers. <laughs> okay. Oh. And uh, they tend to be like big voice divas, like yep. women with a lot of strong vocals. Mm-hmm. It started very early on in life, uh, having a huge passion for Kate Bush and Tori Amos. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. And so I would say Angel Olsen is just part of a lifelong passion of uh, female singer-songwriters who can really hit a note. And you like to hit the note. I like to hit a note too. And you do. And, you do and that's, that's what I'm saying. Is this has got nothing to do with my professional uh, life as a public artist, although I have done karaoke as uh, artwork. But I, I think it, this is more about my passion for just karaoke. Uh, uh, well, the I fact that you've stated that. The fact that you've stated that means that everything tonight is going to be related back to public art, I feel, now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Thank you for that disclaimer, Dr. Amy Spears. Yeah, I will do my best. I'll do my best. I, you know, I would, uh, you know, I would, uh, I, I, w- I would link my interest in music to my interest in provocative, controversial public artworks. Okay. Uh, All right. Now we're talking. You know, big, yeah. big. Big sounds, big statements. Okay. Yeah? So, All right. so yep. things things that might ruffle, it, it might be an acquired taste, not for everybody. Mm. Okay. So there you go. Okay, you've pushed me into my, my, my vibe. Awesome. All right. Okay. All right. Now you're rapping. Let's so, go. So, okay. So, look, I, you know, I get it. You might know, not know Angel Olsen, although, you know, she played it, um, she played it like... Meredith. Yeah. She's not that obscure. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, yeah. we're, we're, uh, we're across. Uh, well, I mean, we didn't know much until Waza, until Waza <laughs> decided to uh, take up more or less the entire duration of the podcast <laughs> with his show. Um, yeah. But yeah, so she played at Meredith. Waz, you missed that one. So maybe well, put one that second, one Eric, before you, before you go on, I just want to say 10 minutes before this podcast, I had nothing about, about Angel Olsen. I was really struggling to find information about her, but. I found it, and that's why you got that. Okay, anyway, all continue, right. Continue, Doctor Spears. There you go. I mean, Luke, I d- I didn't hear of her until recently. I think it was more of her like, was it her My Woman album? She she plays a very good couple of songs in there. But she's a, she used to collaborate with Bonnie Prince Billy. That's kind of my background. I like a little bit of alt folk, a bit alt country. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's just got a great voice and knows how to hit an emotional range. Um, the, the thing about the album that I've introduced to you, Whole New Mess, yep. it's apparently a breakup album. She recorded, I think, in 2018 in a church okay. with her best mate who might have been the producer, okay. she, uh, who she trusted. Yep. She didn't want to, like, do this in front of anyone, so yeah, she yeah. picked her... Very vulnerable. Yeah, it was a vulnerable moment, but yep. she picked her best mate producer and uh, she, she let it rip. But then she didn't release the album for a couple of years. She released All Mirrors, which has got some of the big tracks. Yep. Uh, but uh, All Mirrors is much more heavily produced. It's got much, much more, um, uh, I guess, like arrangements and things. Yeah, arrangements. That's yeah. a good word. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it's got like more mus- musicals. Music? Yeah, musical. There's people on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, so all, there's, there's other there's instruments. A team. Yeah. Yep. There's a team behind it. Yep. Whereas Whole New Mess is just basically her in a church with a best mate feeling it uh, and it's about a breakup. And uh, it's a very pared back album. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's very raw. Yeah. And uh, I, look, all mm. I can say is that uh, her when the album was re- released like a couple of weeks ago, she's on Instagram and it's a video of her pulling a car over and I think she's having a little moment because the album's out now and she's feeling... That sounds very arty. Very yeah. It does sound very... Kind of very art. It was I quite th- public. Yeah, she's made she's made her raw emotions uh, a collective thing and now it's up to us to decide whether that feeling love is something this. that we want to share. <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> Amazing. Love it. So, 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 so diving deeper into the album, Dr. Amy Spears, um, you know, you've mentioned that, you know, paired back quite, um, quite uh, introspective perhaps. Um, were there any songs that kind of resonated with you that you thought, okay, you know, if, if someone isn't familiar with Angel Olsen, would there be a song that you'd say, like, maybe start here to kind of dive in? Was there anything that sort of I stuck mean, the out? opening track, Whole New Mass, is basically our anthem for lockdown. Yes. I would say, like, we're just going to make a mess because we're a mess. And yeah. then uh, Easily Lark, the Lark song is mm. is basically the most intense thing I've ever heard. And yeah. it's really good to listen to in the jacuzzi. I bet. I bet it is. I um, Not that you would know. No, well, she would know because this album actually came out pre-burn. Well, oh, it came out pre-burn. No, but also Lark's song was on All Mirrors with the much... It was. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Cool. I'm glad we cleared that up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, Waza, I might throw to you for your uh, your response to Dr. Amy Spears' position. Where do I start with this? Like, I think you guys are fucked me over this week with these uh, albums that you picked because this one was um, well both the Sangar album and this album were based on previous albums so instead of listening to two albums I had to listen to four albums this week which you know that's that's okay but uh, it was it was a heavy duty listening week um, so where do I start uh, I didn't really know anything about Angel uh, before spending some time with her this week. And so after spending some time with Whole New Mess, I've got to say my first thoughts were probably I wouldn't be spending a heap more time with her. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing something here, but I don't think Whole New Mess was possibly the right way to be introduced to her. Um, I felt that the songs were clearly demos mixed up to be something more. And if I'm like being completely honest, this is what I'd expect from like a bedroom demo track from someone beginning out in music. Like the effects on the vocal, I thought were really harsh, like so harsh that I had to stop listening at times. So, all right, all music is good. Let, yeah. let, let's be clear. All music yeah. is good. But this felt like, it felt a bit self-indulgent to me, this release. And it could have been like left on Angel's Tascam 4 track at the back of her cupboard, or it could have gone onto a bootleg cassette for her fans and they could have sold them for hundreds of dollars. Um, but here's a question. Here's a question, was I? And, and yeah, I, yeah. Might just, yeah. I might just throw this one to Dr. Amy Spears as, as someone that is, I guess, more familiar with Angel Olsen's work. Do you think that there's a consciousness and an intent around going down this kind of lo-fi DIY approach in particular around the the actual the the name of the record whole new mess the, the 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 fact that you know it's a breakup album the whole new mess shouldn't should the sound not be a bit of a mess i, th- I think i agree i mean i think look to be like i say i i don't know music that well but i know that angel olsen used to do this much more pared back kind of rough demo sound like one of her earlier tracks unfuck the world is quite a good track but it's the same Mm. sort of warbly kind of tinny sound and i think maybe that's the thing it's like okay if we want to talk about affect it's this idea of i can't even be fucked 
Like, I hate this breakup so much. I can't be fucked producing this properly. Like, I'm so raw. I don't want to get in the studio and, and fix this to make this a, a palatable sound. And Is that maybe the sort that, of stuff you're into? Well, I just got, like... Well, I just like look as an artist. I think the form and the con- the form and the content needs to be read together. And I think the form is about I just can't be fucked making music for you right now. Okay, and so don't do it then. <laughs> oh, whoa. Maybe whoa. Do it. we've drawn the lines, Warren Hunter. Warren Hunter, your your response. Let me finish my review. Like so, like with, with, with some trepidation, I went and listened to All Mirrors. Um, to, like I just felt I needed. Oh, I didn't have any perspective on like what her music was. And as soon as I started listening to All Mirrors, I started to get the the. There's like a really cool vibe about what she does. Like, and when I say coolness, like you know, it's really it's quite a chic sort of production style and the songs. Um, like. Like a good example was the song Too Easy, which I think is the second track on Whole New Mess, and that's also on All Mirrors. And from my point of view, it went from something quite crap to something lush and gorgeous. And it just it even reinforced home the fact that why would you release the demo? So so basically to put it into context, as you sort of talked about it a little bit, this these songs were the foundations for the All Mirrors album, or a lot of the songs were, from what I understand. So this is basically all of them stripped back to the bare bones and what she started with, and then she did All Mirrors, and then she went back and released this album of of the original demos. Um, if we were reviewing All Mirrors, I actually think I would have really, really liked it. Um, and but God, I was coming from a long way back, so that's saying something. <laughs> but I just, I just thought I didn't feel like this album was. Like I thought this was an album for her fans, basically, more than w- for me. Yep. I was gonna say, maybe it's an album for the fans. It's like we we've loved the we've loved the old mirrors and now we're like, ooh, yeah. but now we know where it came from. That that's angst. exactly what I think it was. It, Deep it wasn't angst. a good way. Lots of angst. Lots of lots of fucked up angst. Um and I just Thought that yeah, for me to be introduced to her via this album was not a good good way to be introduced. If it had been all mirrors, I would have totally had a different perspective on it. But this album, I didn't really connect with. Um, after painful multiple listens, no, that's not true. I, like I, I did listen to it a few times, but I just didn't really connect with it. I'm sorry, Dr. Amy Spears, but thank you for bringing this album to us, and thank you for introducing me to all mirrors. Eric, I will throw it to you to try and find the common ground. I'm going to try and find the common ground. So, uh, look, Dr. Amy Spears, I don't know if you're going to like where I'm going with this, but um, but you know, we we are we are pretty well versed in robust robust debate. Yeah. So um, so I might dive straight in. So for me, like on the like, I might start with a positive. Uh, it, it it you know the whole album gave me this kind of cat power vibe, um, but then here comes the here comes the sort of equalizer. What cat power used to do was when she'd sing, she'd open her mouth, and and Angel Olsen does not open her mouth. Literally, physically, the whole thing is sung through gritted teeth. Um, Ventriloquist. Yeah, like a ventriloquist, perhaps a little bit like our our friend Doogie Howser, MD, a magician of sorts. Um, yes, yes. 
So I find that like what like like putting like I guess bringing cat power into the discussion. Um, cat power more or less birthed this this movement of this kind of sort of lo-fi uh, kind of simple guitar strummed type Americana. But the thing that Cat mm. Power, but the thing that Cat Power did that put her apart from all of the other people that followed was Cat Power was a ridiculously amazing singer, um, mm. and it feels to me, at least on the earlier tracks of this album, that Andrew Olsen is really kind of tapping into this sort of aesthetic that's just done. Like we're done with this shit. Like you know, we don't yeah. need any more of this sort of stuff. I feel as though the aesthetic is is really on point, but I just can't understand a single word on the entire record. Literally, like it's illegible, mm. and mm. for 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 something of in the singer songwriter vein, that really made me struggle to connect with the thing emotionally. Um, I uh, in 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 sing, in listening to it, I, I felt like I wanted to coin a new term, um, <clears throat> so. Basically, you know, I mean, I guess Velvet Underground might have been, you know, part of this kind of urban Americana type movement, um, and you know, where sort of, you know, with a with a with a with a bit of heroin chic thrown in. So yeah. combining the sort of Americana vibe and 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 the heroin stuff, I've coined a term which I'm hoping can catch fire, and it's called heroinicana, and I feel as though. The Angel Olsen whole new mess record may well be the 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 you know the torch for the new hero heroinicana movement. Go ahead, Amy. Are you fi- are you finished? No, no, I've got more, but you you, you chime in. Oh, no, I want I want this to be my parting glass. Okay, so I might continue <laughs> then. I might continue. So this is the last we'll hear of her for the night. <laughs> So, <laughs> Amy's checking out. Um, so, I look, for me, I think this album totally nailed the mood that it was trying to achieve. The mood was melancholic. Agreed. It was sad. Heroin chic with a kind of velvet underground undertone of sort of chaos and sadness. Um, I've got a feeling a lot of very cool people probably really like this record. And it would be perfectly positioned to appear at say a sugar mountain festival in melbourne you know at um but then my question to all of those cool people that go and go front front of stage for angel olsen is can you sing back any of the songs and i think it's a resounding (laughs) no um so for me I'm kind of, you know, yep, cool, low-key guitar playing, E minor, A minor, I dig it. It's very Brunswick, um, but for me, uh, it hasn't really set the bar extremely high. Dr. Amy Spears, your response. Okay, I'm going to say two things. I'm going to say that I didn't really know this album when I I put it up. I was like scrounging around because it was like, you've done Taylor's album and I wanted to do like a big pop album, but they'd been taken. And I was struggling to find something that I kind of knew well. And I was like, oh, Angel Olsen, Olsen has re- released an album that's like basically all mirrors, but like a little bit pared back. And I wanted to sound like that I knew music. So I chose something that you might like 
sort of appreciate because it's a bit serious yeah. Yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than like You don't, you don't need trash. to apologise. You don't need to apologise. Really? No, I'm not apologising, guys, because I'm going to go somewhere else with this. But I'm also – I just wanted to say that I didn't want to go trashy pop with you guys because I was going to say Carly Rae Jepsen. So, um, oh, look yeah. – I really like Angel Olsen. I'm also just going to take uh, a big take that my people, which are queers and lesbians, love a Heartbreak album and there have not been enough of those. <laughs> and we love this shit. Okay. So just like, because I have something to say about the doves later. Mm. So Good. <laughs> I think we all, we come all, at, come at it. we all have our communities and we all have our space for music. And if, if I hear a raw heartbroken album, I've not had enough of them. Okay. So is, are, but, are, yeah. you, are you basically putting Where's the heartbreak heart- coming from? Where's the heartbreak? Because if you can't understand the lyrics, it, where we get, where, what sort of heartbreak are we picking cheek? up? Like the heartbreak that the album's quite poor or is that the heartbreaking thing? Listen to the lyrics. Like she can't even say them properly. She's so heartbroken. Mm-mm-mm. Are you serious? <laughs> like that woman is so broken. She can't even warble properly. She she's just she's, broken. She's broken. She's broken. It is all affect. It is all like I am lost and cannot speak. Okay, so with that as a context, <laughs> I might I might go to my. Um, my my sort of fa- like my moments on the record because I think you do raise something, Amy, and I, I, like I totally get it. I mean, just to put into context, uh, we reviewed a few weeks ago the King Cruel record, um, mm. which is like a kind of scouser, really tough sort of you know geezer Englishman, and I would certainly say, and I think it's I think it's a point was that like nor me nor you necessarily picked up that. King Cruel's lyrics were totally illegible, but we somehow gave that a pass. Whereas, you know, like, um, you know, Amy's position around it, you know, has has perhaps highlighted the lens, the patriarchal lens by which we review our records. So we'll we'll take that one, Amy. Um, okay, or it might be for further review in our hot tub. Oh, we can thrash this out. We can yeah. totally thrash this one out. <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, I, I don't take know your if point. the um, the sample size is big enough to uh, just on two albums to say that we're, we're going to play the patriarchal card. I reckon I think that's drawing a long bow. It is drawing a long bow, but that's what I'm here to do. Um, I do take your point, Dr. Amy Spears, but I but I still uh, I still disagree. Um, I, I I find that uh, there's one thing to pen and 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 present like deep set heartbreak but for me i actually didn't feel that on this listen um there were some strong songs i found that lark song uh, interestingly i i uh, i have i do not go as deep on my reviews as warren hunter esquire um and that's why we call him you know the spiritual leader of this podcast so i didn't go back and listen to those other records but i when i heard lark i was like this is really interesting there was an entire production shift on that on that track and the whole album started to sound different um, and it just sort of suddenly went really hi-fi. Um, and then, interestingly, there was another track called Chance Forever Lover and it was, for me, the first time she really started to sing on the record and, and my, my feedback on that was it's a shame where it was positioned. It was positioned super late in the game and it made me wonder whether... 
let me just check out my notes. It made me wonder whether her live show would actually be a more connected experience than her recordings. Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah. I mean, I think I think in the live context, um, all of that sort of aesthetic would have to take a back seat to someone that actually can sing and actually can transmit a message. What do you reckon, yep. Dr. Amy Spears? Have you seen her live before? Yeah, I've seen her live a couple of times. Does she uh, kind of go on that sort of like sing through your teeth vibe or does she sing out? Because you mentioned earlier that like you really connected with her as a, as a brilliant vocalist. Uh, I mean... Look, like I say, uh, as a as a music enthusiast and not as a music person with any oh. professional understanding of music, I think she sings quite well. Uh, I mean, she she's got a very moving voice, yep. and I don't know. I, mean, I I grew up on kind of old folk, old country, so like that kind of in like almost inability to sing is also the kind of moving thing mm. it's like that kind of mm. what is it that's I, I was gonna say appellation like carny sort of that's not the words but like this slightly like this is untrained yeah vibe and then yeah. there's a self-taught. kind of self-taught untrained kind of like there, there's a desire to sing regardless of whether you're a professional and look I like I say I'm, I'm not talking from any kind of like well-read researched thing but I I want to I want to put I want to put a stop to all this talking well I'm just down. saying that like I love music that sort of you know like I love it when my dad sings lullabies you know it's like he, he can't sing but you know it's that yeah. moving moment you yeah, know yeah. that someone's just trying to mm. impart yeah. a feeling yeah so I don't know I it gives you the I feels as Eric would say it gives you the yeah. It gives you feels. It's like I've been heartbroken. And I'm trying to say something to you, regardless of whether I can sing. Maybe I'm just trying to make a case of my own uh, karaoke penchants. Well, we're gonna go. We, we're gonna we're gonna look at that a little bit later. <laughs> but what we might do now is uh, we'll, we'll perhaps score the record. Was it? Let's do it, Arik. Let's introduce this week's unofficial rating scale. Take it away. Thank you. So each week on the All Music Is Good podcast, we like to uh, more or less promote a business that resonates with us and that business becomes part of the scoring system by which we scale these albums. So to put, to bring, to put some things into context, um, I have been for many years a huge fan of vintage Adidas sportswear. And... Um, <clears throat> and COVID has really given me the time to lean into this obsession and I've been spending a lot of time online looking for certain uh, Adidas vintage tracksuits um, but one in particular that I've been looking for for about four years is the um, is the 1970s Ethiopian football team's Adidas tracksuit. Um, I kind of got onto this tip... Uh, probably about 10 years ago when watching the movie Broken Flowers, the Jim Jarmusch film starring oh, so um, st- yeah, starring Bill Murray and he had this beautiful assortment of beautiful matching tracksuits and, uh, and alas, uh, I have spent a huge part of uh, the last couple of years trying to find this particular item, this, uh, which is the Ethiopian uh, 1970s football team tracksuit top all right can i interrupt you there for one moment 
Are you, Go ahead. Do, have you drawn the connection that the fact that the soundtrack to that movie is done by Mulatu Astaka, who's an Ethiopian jazz god? I've very much drawn that connection. Um, it is, I guess, a huge part of that uh, that conversation. So, earlier this year, a friend of mine who is Ethiopian, um, her name's Sereti Kadir, was actually in Ethiopia and we were doing some work together. And she was on her way back to Melbourne and I said, Sereti, I'm going to come clean with you. I, uh, I'm absolutely desperate for this Ethiopian uh, 1970s football tracksuit top. Do you reckon you could find me one in Addis Ababa? And she was like, bro, they're fucking everywhere. Like it's not <laughs> a th- it's not a thing. Like it's, you know, it's literally everywhere. Everyone's got one of those. I was like, okay, cool. Sadly, life got in the way and, you know, she arrived back in Melbourne without the uh, the Adidas tracksuit no. top. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. All good. No problems. And I started to, I guess, quench my thirst for this vintage Adidas uh, stuff via... Oh, well, first I went to the Adidas um, uh, outlet at, uh, I, guess, I think it was Q- QV or, or the Emporium. And I got, I got myself this awesome 70s vintage like remake Adidas tracksuit top and then most recently i found online on the ebay's a 1978 uh adidas tracksuit top from the brazil national team which actually has the green and the yellow which was what they wore at that world cup anyways last night i was you know up doing my regular search of the internet for uh, the ethiopia adidas tracksuit top and i said you know what I am going to get off eBay and I'm going to get off Pinterest and I'm going to fucking punch this shit in to Facebook Marketplace. And lo and behold, there it was. So, ladies and gentlemen, this week's podcast, unofficial podcast sponsor is Kaya Burdick. Kaya Burdick. So Kaya Burdick is a uh, is a person um, whose name I can bring up shortly uh, off my Facebook messages. But Kaya Burdick is more or less a reseller in the Philippines of a multitude of items. Um, the items that uh, he sells are all personal souvenirs. From different countries where he was assigned to work in. It is his passion to collect the objects, especially those that are rare and of value. Um, uh, in relation to the work that uh, Kaya Burdick used to do, uh, they were a QC inspector in electrical and instrumentation. Most of the job was in oil and gas construction to pre-commissioning and now they're in the Philippines and they're playing again for they're planning again for a new assignment but it is difficult due to the pandemic situation and you can view their profile on LinkedIn so just to kind of get put you across what has happened (laughs) in the last 24 hours so in the last 24 hours um, I have actually befriended 
um, the I guess the the founder owner operator of Kaya Burdick, and their name is Birds Guavera de Mayuga. We've become really close on Facebook, and uh, in fact, uh, he's riding 50 kilometers on a bicycle tomorrow to the closest <laughs> CHL outlet to post my new tracksuit top tomorrow. Um, so, so just to wow. give you what a yeah, guy. It's, it's it, what a guy. Um, there's a bit more to the story. So after we became Facebook friends, like as any good merchant does, he decided to do a bit of research mm. on his clients and he actually like started Googling me and found a talk that I did um, around, uh, around, around like the Jewish history and how that links in relation to the Holocaust to a particular story with an indigenous person named William Cooper. And he's basically gone, hey, I just saw your talk online. Would you be interested in these 10 books about synagogues? And he wow. then sent me all of these books. And I can tell you that Birds Guevara uh, actually, I mean, this guy doesn't fuck around. This book that he sent me was actually from Miami. So he really gets around and, and does like some serious collecting, and um, and anyways, I I actually I rejected his offer for the for the books, but then in a moment of like insane kind of like prophetic understanding of who I was, he's written in a Facebook message, and I need to put I need to say this. Um, I always, he just goes out and writes this. I always eat hummus, Elijah, in in uh, in Makati, which is the town he lives in. The owner is Israeli, and he and I live on in Makati City now. Um, and I and then he sent me a link to hummus Elijah, and I'm like, man, this dude knows me way too well. We need to we need to cultivate a really really deep and long and illustrious friendship so i'm really looking forward to updating you guys all about um the unofficial sponsor for this week and whether they do it actually deliver the goods kaya burdick this week's unofficial podcast sponsor all right and you complain about my intros oh my god it was so long <laughs> thanks there's so many questions so many questions like did the guy want you to buy these synagogue books off you yeah well he didn't like he was really quite classy about it because early on he's like hey by the way look at this collection of synagogue books that i've got and i was like oh my god that's amazing are those synagogues in the philippines he's like no 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 they're just synagogue books and then he just let it <laughs> let it let it ride and then mm. he sent and then he sent me the whole thing about hummus and then i was like I should probably get back to the whole like shipping of the jacket conversation. So we kind of stopped that bonding at that point. Now, and we kind of talked about DHL and the fact he's going to ride 50 kilometers tomorrow to the closest DHL outlet. And then he said, but look, it's best that we don't calculate the shipping now because I haven't weighed the books. And I was mm. like, man, I don't need the books. I just want the jacket. It's all good. I've got lots of books and I've got lots of synagogue books but I really just get on your bike, dude. Get yeah, on your but, bike. But I was like, but I appreciate the offer. So, anyways, 
I also let him know, Waza, that we would be talking about him tonight. And he's actually listening to the pod. He's listened to some past podcasts today. So I'm sure he has. So, this guy, this guy has got out his really big fishing rod, dude, and he's I cast know. his line across the Indian Ocean, he really all the has. way down to Belford, and he's just uh, really reeling you in. He's just reeling me in. <laughs> I don't know. I'm re- I'm ready to spend whatever it takes to to keep this relationship alive. <laughs> Let's um, see if it turns up. Let's wait let's and see. see. Let's wait up. and see. Let's wait and see. So, in relation to how we score this week's record on our unofficial podcast scoring system, anyone got any ideas how we can score this? Was you want to start, Amy? Any so idea? many. How do you go? I mean, how many days late is it going to be? Like, how much excess shipping could it be? How, like, what's yep, the other yep. side hustles does he have? Oh. Okay, this, that's a good. That's a good start. Dr. Amy Spears, do you have any any kind of m- metric on how we could perhaps score this week's this week's albums based on our unofficial podcast sponsor? It's, it's like the tracksuit with uh, like bonus synagogue books. Bonus syn- uh, Okay, that's like a how mark. many synagogue books do you uh, get I, I, I for can, free? Just because he's t- trying to get rid of shit. Or I'm I'm into that. I reckon we <laughs> I can do, do like that. that. The, uh, the reckon, other option would be to be what sort of pound line is he reeling you in on? Is it like a 10 pound line or is it, you know, so, so we could just go 10 synagogue books. I think that's a vibe. I think I think basically how many complimentary synagogue books <laughs> are being delivered, um, you know, with my um, with my tracksuit top. Um, uh, let's go with it. I'm into it. Let's do that. That's good. Uh, I like this. All right. So I might go first. In relation to the um, the Angel Olsen record, I'll probably score this like a solid five uh, complimentary synagogue books out of a potential ten complimentary synagogue books. I think it sounds great. I think it, it hits a particular mark. It for me, it's totally fifty percent. Um, in, and and it's something that like if I was an Angel Olsen fan and did have all of that background knowledge around the previous releases, then I might have resonated with this more. I think it sounds great. I wish I understood the lyrics, but I I I, I do take Amy's point around um, you know, the kind of like the feeling more than the execution. So for me. Five complimentary synagogue books out of ten. Amy Spears, anything for you? Well, how would you score this record? Well, I, I mean, it just depends on how we understand this rating, though, too, because I'd be like tracksuit without synagogue books, because like you don't have anywhere to store them. You know, you've got That's enough. That's true. That's true. So like, I'd be like, that album's great, and it has just a tracksuit in there. Yeah, good point. <laughs> it's all I wanted. It was a bit of a tracksuit. Gotcha, gotcha. So basically. So I think you've you've raised something. I, perhaps the tracksuit is like basically the baseline. So you want a track. Well, the baseline of like it's it's pretty cool, but then the complimentary synagogue books really ramp it up. So I might actually rewind and and start my review again and say, I think the Angel Olsen record is just a, is a tracksuit for me with no complimentary synagogue books, and I might throw to Dr. Amy Spears for uh for your your take on that. Well, you just stole my review. 
So you reckon it's just a tracksuit? But no, but it's the tracksuit that you've always wanted. It's like the vibe that okay. you've wanted. Okay. And as a fan who desperately wanted this vibe in lockdown, this do- this does the trick. All right. So you're saying it's just a it's a it's a tracksuit that you really wanted. I might then go back for a third take on my review and say <laughs> I ordered the tracksuit and all I fucking got was five complimentary synagogue books. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm I'm going five complimentary synagogue books which I did not request, and Amy is going a tracksuit that she deeply loves. And now all I want to know is what Waza's got. All right, let's go, Waza. Well, I'm going to give two reviews. I'm going to give one review to All Mirrors, which I quite enjoyed. I'm going to give that a complimentary tracksuit and a couple of free synagogue books, but okay. that really doesn't count. The Angel Olsen, whole new mess. I, I'm getting no tracksuit. There's no three stripes. There's no 1979 Ethiopian World Cup tracksuit. What, what year was it, Eric? 1978? Well, no, well, 78 was a Brazil one. This one's definitely 70s. I'm just not sure what era. I'll have to research. Okay. There's no tracksuit top. And I've got... Oh, I was going to say three synagogue books, but I think I might say two. Synagogue two, books. Two complimentary. Two, two synagogue books on, on synagogues <laughs> that are in the outer suburbs of Tel Aviv. Synagogues yeah. that no one would really want to go no see. No one goes They're to. probably made like 10 years ago. No one and goes. And they're not that interesting. Yeah, yeah terribly designed. <laughs> terribly designed um, synagogues in, uh, if you're familiar with, um, you know, uh, satellite Tel Aviv kind of towns, you'd be sort of saying... The Ramat Gun synagogues, which are, I mean, no one's going to those motherfuckers. I, I will say that even though I've given it two synagogues, I don't think you've picked up, Arik, on the last two songs in this album, I actually thought the voice was reasonably legible. Well, I did, I, I did mention that. I, did, I said that she really started to sing out on, on the second last track and I was like, why wasn't that earlier? Yeah, well, it was an EQ thing as well. Anyway, yeah. that's... Um, that's that's two complimentary synagogue books, no tracksuits from myself. Three, oh no, five complimentary synagogue books. Now, was it three, Eric? Or what was it? Five. No, it was five, five complimentary, complimentary synagogue, synagogue books. books, no tracksuit. Yep, no tracksuit from Eric and from Dr. Amy Spears. We have a 1979 Ethiopian Adidas soccer tracksuit top. And how many complimentary books? Oh, no, bo- no books. You just get what you want. You just got the tracksuit. Oh, just the track. Oh, you just get what you want. Okay, so that's yeah. Okay, that's that's okay. That's a that's a good review. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll say that's good. Okay, that was Angel Olsen's album, Whole New Mess. So the second album we have for you this evening is The Dove's new album called The Universal Want. Alright, give us some background. Okay, so Doves are an English alt-rock band formed in Manchester 
The band is comprised of twin brothers Jez Williams, guitar and vocals, and Andy Williams, drums and vocals, as well as Jim Godwin, bass vocals and guitar. Additionally, the band employs Martin Rebleski as a touring and session musician on keyboards. The band released four studio albums between 2000 and 2009, two of which reached number one on the UK album charts. A compilation, a compilation album, the places, between the, best of, the, the places Between the Best of Doves, was released in 2010. Doves went on hiatus in 2010. During this time, Goodwin released his first solo record, while the Williams brothers regrouped as Black Rivers. In December 2018, Doves announced they were ending their hiatus by performing the Teenage Concert Trust at London's Royal Albert Hall on March 29, 2019. Further festivals include some date, included some dates with Noel Gallagher, and were subsequently and they were subsequently announced. The band released two songs, Corrosis and Prisoners, in June and July 2020, respectively. Their fifth studio album, The Universal Wants, was released in September 2020. The formation of Doves can be traced back to when the Williams brothers and Goodwin met at high school at age 15. All three members played in various local bands during the time frame with their paths occasionally crossing. After meeting again at the Hacienda in 1989, the Williams brothers and Jimmy Godwin formed Sub Sub, releasing their first single Space Face in 1991 and then in 1993 they released Ain't No Love which reached number three in the UK singles charts. Do you know that song, Eric? I don't. I don't, actually. What, what you should say is, yes, I know that song, and then I'll probably put it in post-production. Oh, know. yes. Yes, I know that song. Does it go something like this? <laughs> On the Williams twins' birthday in February 1996, the band's uh, and Coates studio caught fire and burned down, leading the band members to abandon their previous dance-oriented style and start afresh as alternative rock band Doves in 1998. On the band's change of direction, Jez Williams said, we were forced with a really bleak, so really black and white decision. Throw the towel in or carry on. And if you're going to carry on, you've got to put everything into it to justify it because before that, you've lost everything. That was quite a liberating feeling, actually. So that's a little bit of background on Doves. Uh, Was I might throw to you to kind of kick off this week's review of the album, The Universal Wants. Thanks, Eric. Um, well, the Doves and I go some way back. Uh, I guess it might have been around 2000. Um, I moved in with uh, a flatmate, a girl I used to work with. In hospitality, I think she, I don't know if she even listens to this podcast, maybe she does, her name's Kate, and we lived together in North Fitzroy for a number of years, and she'd just come back from London, and she and her friend Amy, who'd also just got back from London, you know, they'd done the London thing for five years, Yeah, and they were big into that UK thing, you know, it was David Gray, and whatever happened to David Gray? Oh, what um, did happen to David Gray? That's a oh, that's no, an that's weird. an entire that's a twenty episode podcast in and of itself. <laughs> so is <laughs> do we even care? Maybe we'll, maybe that could be episode sixteen. Um, so you know it was David Gray zero seven um, Sears first band, uh, and the Doves the Doves were big. So I think maybe I'd heard some of their stuff, uh, but they got me a ticket to go and see them. 
and they were playing as what was then known as the Hi-Fi Bar and Ballroom, but it's now known as... Is it Max Watts? Is that the Max Hi-Fi? Watts. Yep, that's the one. Um, So it must have been their the second album, which was the last broadcast, would have been out, would have just come out, and they'd had one previous one, The Lost Souls. Anyway, went to the gig, didn't have many expectations, and bang like it just hit you like this the first song in that it was the most amazing sounding gig that i have ever been at bar none it was amazing and i was standing in that place in the hi-fi arc i don't know if you know where it is but it's right in the mixing desk right in the mixing desk yep. and if you um if you've been if you stand in that spot they've actually got some monitors in the back underneath the balcony and so if you yeah, stand in this do. one spot you get the front of house and you also get the stereo mix from the mixing desk coming at you from behind so i was in that spot and it was full sensory overload it was incredible to the point that they've got a song it's called catch the sun and they played it and it was like someone had opened up a window and a fresh breeze had come through the room it was so intense anyway it was just and funnily enough like i've over the years i've randomly had conversations with people who were at that gig and they all say the same thing it was just the most incredible sounding gig so whoever was on the desk that night kudos because it was incredible anyway they were these guys were more on the edges of the brit pop sound i thought um like they were a bit left of the verb i guess um but they were never afraid to run an anthem and i sort of always wondered why they weren't bigger than they were and i guess i mean one of those reasons would say that i mean the lead singer jimmy goodwin he looked more like um, you know, the guy with the top knot from Labour in Vain, I would say, <laughs> than like that a than a rock star like, you know, Liam Gallagher or Richard Ashcroft. Uh what I loved most about these guys is they followed in the great tradition of like the English dance bands like Stone Roses and, you know, Happy Mondays. And, you know, they didn't write dance songs as such, but these guys obviously raved in the nineties and the fact that you referenced the Hacienda before sort of points to that fact. Um, and the songs that they wrote were like chill out songs after a night out on the blow or, you know, raging spiked anthems, but done, you know, in that English indie rock style. Right. And, you know, you mentioned the sub sub reference before, and that was, that was a big hit at, at the time. I, I, we even got that in Australia. So for me, reviewing this album was always going to be hard as I rate, you know, their debut album Lost Souls as absolutely one of my favorite albums of all times so it's I, on first listen i thought good effort not terrible but not living up to the first albums but i think it's like the nas album that we listened to i realized that i was going to have to give this a bit more time and effort to overcome those those initial um feelings of prejudice i have towards towards the first two I thought on the second, I on definitely on the second and third listens, it, it got to that place I needed it to. And I thought by the time we reached songs like Cathedral, we sort of hit that point where they they were powered home. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a really great comeback album from a band that I thought were happily retired. And I thought there was enough here for old fans and new fan, fans alike. Um. The, I thought maybe it was recorded over multiple sessions, Eric. I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a lot of inconsistencies in production and mixing, almost like they'd recorded a bunch 10 years ago and come back to them, or there was yep. a lot of songs that they'd 
um, you know, revisited or refinished, and there was sure. You, and I and I felt like that was that were the last five or six songs because if I thought about it, I would have probably track listed this album really differently because the well, the songs later in the album. Perhaps perhaps it was uh, an EP, and then they start they maybe fleshed it out and turned it into an album. Perhaps I'm not sure, but definitely like if. If you looked into it, I would say that probably the oldest songs were the last five or six songs. If it, if it was me, I would have track listed those five first and then the, I would have flipped it over. So I'll be listening to the B side and then the A side for this one. Sure. But I thought it was solid. I don't think it was def- It was up there, but it's it's hard to sort of bring a band back and then want them to revisit something they did 20 years ago and then be in the present. But I thought they sort of straddled both sides quite well and i was interested to read that this is like charting really well this is going up well it's like number one isn't the... it is it well, yeah i well go. i think yeah it's it's killing it it's um wow. they're, they're killing it yeah yeah it's very english it's got that absolutely. it's got all it ticks all the boxes for that english sound mm, absolutely what i might um, do maybe I'll... yeah i was gonna say yeah i was gonna say dr amy spears perhaps is there anything that you wanted to kind of bring to the table around this i mean i i, I recall just in the green room earlier um eg yeah. our porch we were <laughs> we were discussing the doves record we're actually sharing a bottle of wine as we listened to it and you mentioned a few a few interesting comments particularly around hacienda and those kinds of things oh like hacienda no look uh look my hot take it takes me back to 2010 i'm 18 in in a uh, eighteen at twenty ten, are you sure about that? Eighty two. How old? Was no, no. You you would have been th- you would have been thirty two. math. You would have been uh, in twenty ten. Twenty eight. You would have been, been twenty nine. Okay, so when was eighteen? <laughs> two thousand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do maths. I'm an artist. I yeah, can't yeah. do maths. Yeah, yeah. Fair okay, enough. it's two thousand, and I'm in a van. Uh, I'm building walking tracks in Cradle Mountain with 10 boys and they play in the van as we drive from Hobart to Cradle Mountain, uh, Powderfinger and Pearl Jam. <laughs> oh, awesome. mate, they're speaking my language. Right? It's like, that's that's what the boys are listening to. Mm. And, uh, you know, I love what they're listening to. And it, it felt like that. I'm listening to this album as though I'm listening to what the boys are listening to and it's... It it strikes a chord, and it's not my music, but I want to know. I want to feel it, and I'm singing along. I'm gonna be in that van, and I'm gonna sing along to this album. And did the van smell terrible? I mean, it smelled pretty bad. I mean, we built walking tracks, and we were all in. Uh, it was I don't know. Uh, it's a longer story, but uh, yeah. I want, well, let's talk. Let's hear it out. Let's hear it. I don't know. Remember uh, John Howard's uh, Green Corps? It was like. A kind of like mutual obligation you got paid five dollars an hour to do a, 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 a kind of like a an apprenticeship basically oh like a work for the doll kind work of thing. for the doll kind of vibes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so we're all getting pi- paid five dollars an hour to build walking tracks uh in tasmanian wilderness so it was quite beautiful <laughs> but i learned a lot about uh uh, boys' music. Mm. Uh, my only point is that also that like whenever I tried to play my music, 
Like I put on a bit of cheeky Beth Orton and I got <laughs> screamed got down. Bupkers. I got screamed down every time. So that's my vibe. Um, but all the, yeah, I liked. I look. I like this album. And I want to know more about why the boys like it because it it has it has nice Powderfinger vibes. Is basically what we were talking about <laughs> on on the porch in the green room. It's got, uh, you know it's got like emotional man vibes. It definitely it definitely taps yeah, the t- that's true. It definitely, I would I would certainly agree with Amy and say it definitely touches the tip of the finger. <laughs> well, look on that. Mm. I might I might I might grab that. I might grab the baton and start to run with it because um, I've got a couple of things to say about this record. Um, look. I, I kind of feel like the best way to talk about this is just to, uh, around some of the songs. Um, so for me, when the song it was track four, for Tomorrow came on, I was like, this legitimately sounds like a Powderfinger track. And, wow, okay. I'm in t- and I'm into it. It was very emotional. It had all of that kind of sort of, you know, um, ambient guitar sound sort of locking that all down. And it certainly took me back to my days as a massive Powderfinger fan. I should actually mention... What? You're a Powderfinger. Uh, well, look, I mean, what's the one... I mean, the song with... The album with these days um, and My Happiness and, and you know, the, the, those songs. I forget. What was it? Double Allergic? The Internationalist? The Internationalist? Oh, that's the one. It was the one with the big hits. Or, no, but Odyssey. Odyssey number Odyssey, five. Odyssey that? number five. Kudabane. But I should, I'd actually like to share a story about Powderfinger. So it was one of those, it was one of those, um, it was one of those like secret loves, which I would, you know, rarely share beyond, you know, the four walls of my bedroom that I, like nothing gets me going like a little bit of a Powderfinger sing-along. And last year I was actually lucky enough to be recording at a studio in Brisbane. Well, it's just out of Brisbane, actually. It's called uh, Stamford is the is the town, and uh, it's it's a, it, the studio is called Airlock, and it's actually owned by the guitar player from Powderfinger, or or previously in Powderfinger, but now actually back in Powderfinger because they're back. Um, his name's Ian Hogg, and um, and I didn't really think, like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, my brain was, like, about booking a studio in Brisbane and not about the guy that I'm emailing to book the studio. So, I just didn't put two and two together that, like, the guy that I was emailing was Hoggy from Powderfinger. So, I've shown up at the studio and, you know, this, you know, incredibly handsome, long-haired uh, rock star has greeted me in the driveway and, you know, I still hadn't put two and two together. And then I walked into the studio and I just saw platinum records all over the place and ARIA awards and pictures and 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 the only <laughs> thing that I could... The only thing, even though I had actually some records to make, the only thing that I could think of was Powderfinger. And, like, I could not get Powderfinger out of my head. And... If you know me well enough, I'm a, I, I love to whistle. Uh, I whistle all day long. I whistle songs. I s- and I just would find myself like whistling through the studio <laughs> as I'm going from one room to another. I'm whistling. I'm going. <laughs> and just whistling yeah. th- these, he th- that. Th- these days. And I'm like, dude, 
in my head, I'm like, stop fucking whistling Powderfinger songs in the Powderfinger studio. This is so fucked up. Just keep it together, man. Anyways, it was well, a great experience. Can I tell you my Powderfinger story then? If we're talking about Powderfinger stories. Yeah, yeah like- let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Well, they're recording Odyssey number five at Sing Sing. I love how a Dove's review turns into a powder finger. <laughs> they're recording Odyssey number five at Sing Sing, and our mutual friend Maddie was was one of the engineers on the album. Maddie and Voight. I was supposed to go out. Maddie Voight, I was supposed to go out with him one night, and he he called up. He said, "Look, dude, I'm stuck in the studio. Something's gone wrong." I said, "Look, do you want me to just come down and wait for you?" He goes, "Okay, yeah, cool." And anyway, I got down there, and he was the only one in the studio. And something had gone wrong with the tape machine and the big American producer was there and it had all gone to shit. He said, look, can you just get in there and just play some of the instruments so I could just work it out? So I'm in on just using all Powderfinger's instruments and doing all the sound checks. And then he goes, oh, that sounds pretty good. Then he came in there and he was on the drums and I was on the bass and they had all the sound set up in the cans. Like, it was the Powderfinger sound. I'm like, I'm in fucking Powderfinger. I Powderfinger songs in Sing Sing. And then we saw one of the guys walk in the studio like fuck get off get off <laughs> that is get unbelievable oh Ran man anyway. I, I, I never heard that story that is so great um look, very funny amazing guys no, back to the doves back to the doves back to the doves thanks amy um back to the doves so yeah for me for tomorrow uh basically remind me powder finger cathedrals of the night uh also standout track for me uh epic journey at five minutes twenty had a bit of electronic music, a bit of a throwback to the Hacienda days. And then my notes said, and then a bit more Powderfinger. Um, uh, and look, just on this link was a, and I'm sorry, Amy, that I'm that we're stuck here. But like after I noticed that, I went and Googled, I just punched into Google Powderfinger and Doves just to see what the link was. And here it is. Here it is. You ready? In 2010, Powderfinger programmed Rage and included the Doves on their playlist. So you can definitely say it is. So perhaps there's a bit of an influence there. Um, uh, The song Prisoners to me was the standout single. uh, Again, one of the strong songs on the record. Felt very COVID relevant. And the lyrics were, we're just prisoners of this life. And I reckon Mm. also Muse might have been influenced by these guys as well as Franz Friday. Ferdinand. Um, so these you know, they you know, they've definitely had a they've definitely been a part of, of music and uh, yeah, that that's my hot take. Um, what about you? Anyone else got a talk or are we done? That's three, uh, yeah. Three I, would go, I would recommend that you go back and have a listen to Lost Souls because I did this week and I hadn't heard it in a long time and I pulled out the vinyl and it's their first album and it stands up amazingly well and it's very similar to this album but there's a lot more nuance and um it it feels of a time and it's it's quite beautiful so i definitely would recommend our listeners all music is good podcast go back and listen to the doves lost souls let's get on rate this thing uh i might kick it off if that's okay i'm gonna give this a i'm gonna give it a track suit an ethiopian track suit top that has turned up in my mail i'll put it on it fits well there's no bonus books i'm happy all right i'm all i'm also gonna i'm gonna meet you there and also say that you know i went online i've I, you know i went on facebook marketplace i found what i was looking for um and it showed up in the mail you know all good bit late bit late on delivery but you know we can we can live with that 
I give it a just a you know standard um, Ethiopian tracksuit, Adidas tracksuit top from the seventies. Um, no complimentary synagogue books. Dr. Amy Spears, what about you? Uh, look, it's a tracksuit that turned up uh, under my name, but I'm like, oh, I didn't order this, so I'm like, Eric, do you want this? <laughs> what does oh, that Warren, even mean? <laughs> she's not happy. <laughs> it's like it's not my vibe. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So, look, I guess I guess the moral of the story is that I've won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've won. <laughs> You've got two tracksuits, Eric. Two tracksuits. All right. That's so really good. What a great album. Great album. So what we've got here, I'm going to just, uh, what we've got here is uh, basically tracksuits across the board. That is uh, The Universal Wants by Doves. The third album we have for you this evening is Katy Perry's Smile. Catherine Elizabeth Hudson, born October 25th, 1984, known professionally as Katy Perry, is an American singer-songwriter and television judge. After singing in church during her childhood, she pursued a career in gospel music as a teenager. Perry signed with Red Hill Records and released her debut album, Katy Hudson, under her birth name in 2001, which was commercially unsuccessful. She moved to Los Angeles the following year to venture into secular music after Red Hill ceased operations. Sounds a lot like Sam Cooke's story, Arik, you know, do, not doing well in secular and then moving to commercial. Yeah, I didn't realise that there was a genre of music called secular music, but I guess there is. But maybe when I go to JB Hi-Fi next time, I'll go to the secular <laughs> music section to find my new favourite record. I highly recommend that. Um, she subsequently began working with producers Glenn Ballard, Dr. Luke and Max Martin after adopting the stage name Katy Perry and being dropped by the Island Def Jam Music Group and Columbia Records. She signed a recording contract with Capitol in April 2007. Perry rose to fame in 2008 with her second album, One of the Boys, a pop rock record containing the controversial US number one song I Kissed a Girl and Hot and Cold. Three subsequent albums have topped the US Billboard 200. The disco-influenced Teenage Dream spawned five chart-topping US Billboard Hot 100 singles, California Girls, Teenage Dream, Firework, E.T. and Last Friday Night. A record tying her with Michael Jackson's Bad. Its follow-up record Prism was inspired by her divorce with Russell Brand and had chart-topping tracks Raw and Dark Horse. Perry became the first artist to have multiple videos reach 1 billion views on Vivo. Is Vivo even still a thing? I think it's a thing, yeah. I think okay. it's just on YouTube, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It, it was its own website, though, wasn't it? It used to go to Vivo. and It used to be, yeah, yeah. Um, 2017's Electro Pop Witness featured a political subtext and a theme of liberation. The album's lead single chain to the rhythm broke Spotify's record at the time for the most first day streams for a song by a female artist. Wow, that's a Perry real has uh, that's a real niche um, category there. What, female first, artists? First, no, no. First, first, first. 
Number one in the first day stream count for a female artist. I mean, seriously? Is that on her fucking bio? Well, it's on the wiki bio. Jesus. I mean, that's a thing. I wonder what it was. That's a, you know, I reckon if someone said, yeah, I've had 30 million streams in the first day, that would be something to be proud of. Yeah, I guess so. Put it on your put it on your tombstone, Katie. Eric, you'd be t- proud of that. I w- actually, yeah, be- Amy's, yeah, Amy's up, totally Come right. I would one hundred. I would. I would. I would live and die with that record. You're totally right. I'm sorry. Mm. I take it back. Sorry, Katie Perry. Sorry, All right. Katie Perry. Perry has nine US Billboard Hot 100 number one singles and has four Guinness World Records, five Billboard Music Awards, five American Music Awards, a Brit Award, and a Juno Award. She's been included in the annual Forbes list of highest earning women in music from 2011 to 2019. Her estimated net worth as of 2016 is 20, 125 million. She's one of the world's best selling music artists, having sold over 18 million albums and 125 million singles worldwide. Her single Firework is the highest certified track by a lead female artist in US history. In film, she released an autobiographical documentary titled Katy Perry, Part of Me in 2012, and voiced Smurfette in the 2011 film The Smurfs and its sequel in 2013. Big time. Her Super Bowl halftime show performance is the most watched in history. Perry joined uh, on as a judge of American Idol in 2018 and has just given birth to a girl, Daisy Dove Bloom, with her partner, Orlando Bloom. Her sixth studio album, Smile, was released on August 28, 2020. Now, that is a bio, dude. That's a bio. That is a bio. Uh, That is the bio. I mean, it's interesting that it took that long just from whoever wrote that bio to also mention that she was the highest streamed artist of all time. Um, but anyways, what, you think whatever. What should have been prime time? I reckon they'll pop that in the first paragraph, bro. Anyways. I guess look, so. Like it built, it built beautifully up to it. It did, it I did thought. actually. You're right, you did. Whoever wrote that took us on a journey. And um, and I... We like I, journeys. We do like them. I mean, you we like don't journeys. Do, we don't do enough of that on this podcast. Um, what I might do is I might kick this review off. Um, this is Katy Perry's Smile Records. So... I think the best way to, like, to be honest, um, I think from, like, I think it's important to look at this at not as an entire body work, but as a track by track kind of dissection. I think that's the way it's been put together. So that's how I'm going to do it. Um, the f- So the first track, Never Really Over, 19 seconds into the track, we got Banger. that hip, we got that hip 2020 vocal triplet thing. And I'm like, oh, fucking... Fuck my life, you know, like <laughs> like, like like nineteen seconds in, and they're already kind of hitting the kind of KPIs on uh, <laughs> on a twenty twenty release, and I was like, I don't know, I'm, you know, like, look, it's it would be unfair to compare Katy Perry to Taylor Swift because my understanding is they've got beef, right? They've got beef. Yeah, well, right? they may have. They've got beef. Yeah, well, they had beef, or they ha- or they do have beef, but like. I think I think it's only fair in in the realm of like mega 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 stars. There's Taylor Swift who actually made an effort with her record, and even though we didn't really love it on on this review, um, uh, well, what she made it what she made an effort by recording it during ISO. 
Like, is that is that what you call well, making an effort? Well, that, I didn't have anything to do, so I'm just going to, like, get my guitar out and record an album with the guy from look, The National. I mean, that's not an effort. Come on. Okay, okay. What I'm just trying to say is, like, Taylor Swift's record as an album is a 10 versus Katy Perry's smile. So, let it be known, the beef is on and we're lighting it up on the All Music Is Good podcast. So... Never really over. 19 seconds into the track, we're getting a 2020 KPI target. Um, and by the first chorus, I was in cotton on at the Chadston Shopping Centre. Um, <laughs> how, how are you able to be cotton on at Chadston, dude? Well, no, that like really we, in my mind. Oh, you're so in your mind. Okay, I got you. I got you know you. what I mean? I was, yes, I'm there I was, I was buying three tees for 25 bucks. Um, got you. But then I had this moment, and this is where it gets really interesting after like listening to the bio, is part of me felt really sorry for Katy Perry. Um, she's 35 years old, and she's making music that's literally engineered for 12-year-olds. So I had this <laughs> moment where I was like feeling really sorry for her, and then I listened to your intro and realized that she's one of the highest earning artists on the planet. Who's, you know, she's a brand, dude. 128 mil. Um, and I'm like, actually, I retract that and I don't feel sorry for her. Um, track two, cry about it later, times three. So she basically says, cry about it later, cry about it later, cry about it later. Tonight, I'm having fun. Tonight, I'm getting some thing right. And to me, that said, this is Billie Eilish on meth. Like it, like it felt like it was kind of tapping into that Billie Eilish thing that that six eight swing kind of vibe but it was like sped up tenfold and uh and it just didn't hit the mark that billy eilish hits um uh teary eyes which was track three that made me want to strut through the uh the myers makeup section and try on you know some some aftershave um i just felt like that's I good was there that's pretty cool yeah that yeah. is a good thing um yeah and then, and then there was a song called Daisies, and that I mean it's interesting that they they named their child Daisy, uh, Orlando Bloom and and Katy Perry. Would you say that she's been set up for like a great career in showbiz, like Dee Dee Bloom? Oh, I mean, D. D. come oh, on, Dee Dee Bloom, that's like straight to the top with show business. But the that thing is a that rock star. It is a rock star thing. But I listened to Daisies, and I school. I swear to God, Daisies freaked me the hell out. <laughs> She screamed daisies at the 55-second mark like she was getting murdered. <laughs> and, 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 now, and, and now that you, you mentioned that that's the name of her daughter, I've got no fucking idea what is going Maybe on. Maybe she, she was in the uh, birthing suite when she recorded that. Oh, well, there's, that's actually a good way of looking at it, perhaps. Yeah, there might have been some pain associated with her daughter. Who fucking knows? But, like, whatever the hell was going on, it was terrifying. And... um. And then, and then we got to the song "Resilient," and I was like, "Oh shit! Oh, this is very topical." And I more or less tuned out after that. Um, best song for me, "Champagne Problems." Felt really fun. Great drum tone. I was into it. Um, that's my review on uh, Katy Perry's "Smile." I might throw over to you, Dr. Amy Spears. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, I checked in with my 11-year-old sister. We've had a 10-year battle out over Taylor Swift and 
Katy Perry. Yeah. She because you like Taylor Swift? I like Taylor Swift. And she you, you're a Tay-Tay fan. I'm they, a, you're in the Tay-Tay's corner. I'm in the Tay-Tay corner uh, expressly as a karaoke person. But look, mm-hmm. I, I tried to sidle up to my younger sister and I, I just wanted to be cool. So I was like, hey, how do you feel about Taylor Swift? And she's like, ugh, yuck. Katy <laughs> Perry is so much hey. cooler. What yes. year, what year what year are we talking? Well, I'm just gonna say that was five years ago. Okay, which was oh, actually, okay. but that record was fucking good. Yeah. Like, what yeah. was the big song on that record? I'm just trying to remember which one. The Taylor Swift one, 1995. Was that the album we're talking about, or the Katy? Well, Perry it was the one? one that was five years. It was Katy Perry. Yeah. Oh, Katy Perry. What? Un, like self-titled. Raw. Or? Look. Raw. Raw. That song. Oh. That song. It was, was amazing. You're gonna hear me roar. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. So uplifting. The Great song. The the you know the under teens loved that, but I checked in with uh I checked in with Ruby recently. She's eleven now. I was like, uh, look, what's your hot take on Katy Perry's new album? She says I haven't listened to it. Oof. She mm. sent me the Daisies. She's eleven now. She's eleven now. She sent me the Daisies track. She said, Nah, it's not firework. Yeah, it's not firework. And just nothing, so you know, nothing's firework. That was just, global. Just so you know, uh, Ruby and I have sung firework at karaoke together, and it like Did ruined it everybody. It ruined was, in, a, in a good way. Yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. So, so Ruby's hot take is that this album's not even worth listening to. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, my look. My impression of track to track is like, I got I got to cry about it later, and I think the point of that track is a little bit like. Okay, you're a little bit like there's adversity. Yeah. Uh, structurally, you're having a mm-hmm. tough time, so you need to pound the champagne with ice. Okay. Like basically, that's what that track's about, and it's kind of like I'm having a tough time. I might be losing my job under COVID, mm. but I'm drinking champagne with ice, I so I'm gonna cry about it later. And that's really, I mean, Katy Perry really is the every person. Yeah, like she lives. The every person's experience day to day, right? I'm riding Harleys in Hawaii. Like, I mean, that's the that's an every man track as well. Totally. Right. I, I mean, she's just tapping into the every man's experience. They're just getting lit at the yep. moment. Yep. Trying to stay happy, but it's not convincing. No. Like, she's not convinced in that song. She's just like, pour it, pour it, pour it. Yeah, we're all doing that. And we, are. we know we're losing our jobs mm. at the end. So what I, but but it was a bit, it was not convincing and it was also kind of, it was kind of like, I'm just going to sh- get shit face and deal with it in the next morning. But what I preferred yeah. teary eyes because teary eyes is like, no, no, things are not getting better. Mm. My mascara is running. Mm. Let's just join the <laughs> dance floor. There's, and heartbreak, let our mas- there's heartbreak all over the place. But this is like, <laughs> let's make our despair collective. Let's get on the dance floor and let our mascara run. Like a, like a, like a river. Or like a river. Let's do this together. Let's Ooh. be forlorn together. And that's when the album finished for me. Because after that, it was all bootstrapping bullshit. It's yeah. like, Resilient, that is the song that your mum plays when she's telling you, Pull, like, pull yourself together and go get a job. And it's like, mum, it's COVID, job, jo- there's no jobs. There are no jobs, mum. And I'm like, fuck you, Resilient is one of those songs where it's like, I'm all woman, I'm flowering. It's like, 
fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, how does that sit in a COVID world? Perhaps, that perhaps, w- do you think sh- maybe she thought that this is going to be the perfect COVID anthem? I think, I think the mums will love it. I think it's really like a white feminism, like, you know, just don't, don't uh sit in your despair try and find the good things find the flowering find the happiness Mm. but i i just think politically that's a problem it is a problem because structurally there Mm. is no there's there's all just despair i love i love how you use the word structure twice (laughs) in this review it's the terminology is just it's just upping our game week by week let's have more of this doctor this is what I mean, stuff. like, okay, bootstrapping is about, like, taking care of yourself by yourself. It's like, you just got to pick yourself up, get be- better therapy, do yoga. Yeah. But, like, there, there's got to there's gotta be an understanding that, like, no, what, no matter how much yoga, no matter how much mindfulness you do, there's just, like... That, that <laughs> there's only so much you can do... With, with, like, and then realizing that everything's still terrible. Yeah, everything's shit. It's not yeah, your yeah, yeah. fault. You don't have to be feel better about yourself. So I got a question for you, Dr. Amy Spears. So, like, you know, I think this, like, your review, obviously, has hit some really, some really high watermarks around, um, like, the kind of essence and the meanings of this album. Mm. But I think the litmus test really is, if you were to roll into Benji's on a Friday night post-COVID with, with our society reopened, could you see yourself getting on stage and singing one of these songs in the same way that you might have sung, say, Raw, for example? Well, I mean, okay, if you want to compare s- songs, I would definitely do Teary Eyes. I think yeah. it's a banger, but it's also a banger that resonates in the sense that, like, melancholy is a sense that's hitting the collective uh psyche so whereas if you tried to do smile you'd be like get fucked okay so i disagree taking taking this a little bit well hold up was taking this one a little bit further and being quite familiar with the fact that dr amy spears doesn't just do a song at karaoke but actually has a perfectly designed set that that takes (laughs) the audience on a journey yeah, we've been um, down that track already. White, well, Anglo, yeah, well, set. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, which I uh, align with deeply because it's fucking dope. Um, yeah, Doctor Amy Spears. Um, in relation to your karaoke set and your placement of teary eyes, would that warm it up, or <laughs> would that be something that like you like bring it home with? Uh, I think. None of my songs ever. Uh, uh, look, no, oh, oh, that's because I, mean, I know that you've got, you've got in your in your you know in your bag of tricks. There is stuff that you're like, okay, crowds crowds down a little bit. Better bring this one out. Um, you know, like there's some hits in there. Yeah. That you lean on. Yeah. Uh, would would teary eyes be something that you lean on? I, I look. I think it. Look, I think it would. I think you've just got to like hit those notes, which is what is it? Just keep on dancing with those teary eyes. Like it's about like a call to everyone to just hold it together. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I so you. I bring it home. I bring it home. Bring it home. Bring it home with teary and eyes. A little bit shrill though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's a good. It's a good message to let like 
leave everyone with as they you know head off into the into the yeah into the um hour of darkness yeah so to speak. there's not there's no there's like, th- yeah there's no desire to pretend you're anything more than you are which is just like a bit fucked up okay all right so <laughs> you're you're bringing it home with teary eyes that's a big rap but I like to hear War- Waz's idea of smiles. Yeah. Smile, smile. Let's hear it, Was. What do you got? Look, I, I think I've mentioned previously on other episodes that, like, I grew up in a small country town. We only had reception for two radio stations. One was ABC Country and the other was a Top 40 station. So, like, I've got a great fondness for pop songs, like, especially ones with killer hooks. Like, there's, there's just something about a well-crafted pop tune that is just so joyous and like you when it when it when it hits that public zeitgeist you know like roar and fireworks did it just it's just amazing um i mean even hot and cold i mean that's hit the zeitgeist as well uh so unlike other listeners listeners of this pod who might not touch this album with the 10 foot pole i was actually quite happy to check it out and see what it was like so Straight up, I would say that I actually looked at this album, The Arse End Around, because normally none of... I mean, we've both talked about this, Eric. We don't read reviews before we listen to the album because it just generally tends to push you in a direction that does, you don't need to go. But for this album, I actually saw some reviews. That's why I wanted to check it out. And all the reviews said it was shit. And rather rather than running away, that really piqued my interest because it sort of started raising questions like, well, who's reviewing it? Like, are they like cool people or enemy who don't want to be seen to be liking Katy Perry or... Yeah, yeah. Are, um, they, are, they, are they 12-year-olds? Because that would say a lot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, who knows? <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, maybe they should like, have been more five-year-olds reviewing it. Right. Uh, but like, I mean, who, who reviews these albums? Like, are they like... Katy Perry aficionados who are judging it on other albums that she's done. Like, I don't know. Like, so I, I was really interested to check this out for that reason alone. Straight away, like, I mean, you would expect this album to sound amazing, wouldn't you? And it does. Like, the mix and the master of it are just all that you would expect of a global pop megastar. Like, it's an oral feast, I would say. Would you agree with that? I would. Okay. He says yawning. So, call me mid yawn no no I would I would look it sounds great it's fucking it's a pop masterclass it's Max Martin on on steroids yeah look I mean so the question for me was was it as bad as the reviews said it was gonna be and the answer for me was a big fat no like I actually thought it was okay um, is it aimed at a particular audience? Of course it is. Maybe not teenagers, five-year-olds now, but like it's aimed at a specific group of younger people, but girls or boys, and I would say top 40 terrestrial radio listeners, like middle-aged yep. women probably, or, or, or that, that listenership that listens to Fox FM and Mix FM and all that or, top you 40. Know, I, I, I'd almost say truck drivers like having a moment alone on on the Hume Highway, just going, Sure. I'm, I'm going to listen to Raw now, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. Resilient. Resilient. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I, she, she's got that that place in the zeitgeist that that's what she's known for. Um, I thought Never Really Over was a bit of a, a bit of a banger. I, I thought Teary Eyes, I, I like that, but I thought that's crying out for a remix. Like that's got club remix all over it. Yeah. Um, I, I actually thought every song up to track six or seven was like 
pretty much commercial candy that would be that would slot into that daytime radio top 40 station Absolutely. and live happily Cack. for the next five years. Kerry-Ann Kennelly would be fucking frothing. Absolutely. Cack. When she gets a new spot on gold, she'll be playing the crap out of this. Actually, you they don't it. play that on gold. Oh, who knows anymore, man? They probably play raw on gold. Who knows? Um, look, as far as albums go, like as you said, like it just you can't look at it in an album sense. It's track by track. And from track six or seven, after you sort of did tend to trail off. I, I, so, okay, so we get to smile. I thought it was really different to every other song on the album. And I suspect it was probably written and produced by someone different to the rest of the album. And as opposed to the rest of the album, I thought it felt really funky and it felt current. And it sort of, I sort of wish that the rest of the album had been a bit like that. It sort of had that JT boogie, you know, I, like mm. I just, it felt fresh and current and it felt a bit new and and that that sort of leads me to the problem I had with the album itself um the the song as you said Eric I mean the songs weren't pushing any kind of pop boundaries at all in fact I mean it sounds like they sort of came out of the 2010 to 2015 songwriting playbook yeah so I felt kind of let down in that respect um like for someone who makes a name for herself as like a trendsetter and leader in the field, I just didn't think it was pushing boundaries musically at all. Having said that, she's got a great voice. Um, I think there's songs, as I said, that will get mega play in certain markets. Um, yep. Will it catapult her back into global domination? Probably not. Will it appeal to everyone? Well, with yeah, as we said, with champagne problems and writing... Could you see yeah. her headlining Sugar Mountain Festival? Dude, if she wanted to headline Sugar Mountain, she would do it and everyone would love it. I guarantee that. No, I, I totally agree. I actually completely <laughs> agree. I could totally see her headlining Sugar Mountain. Dr. Amy Spears? Uh, I, I, look, uh, she, she was at a queer bar like about 15 years ago and I didn't realise who she was. Mm. And the, I, uh, she just released, what is it, uh, I Kissed a Girl. And, and then she was in the bar? She was in the bar, like on the stage singing I Kissed a Girl. I was like, who's this? Um, wow. I feel like if she was at Sugar Mountain, I'd be doing the same. I'd be like, oh, whatever. Who, who is this? Like Katie, Katie Perry, you've, you've missed your moment. Yeah, fair. Yeah, she's, she just trumped our Powderfinger stories with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just like casually done. hung out with yes. Katy Perry in, in, yeah. in, a, in a bar. In Before a anyone bar. knew who she was. I love that. That's yeah. a huge story. Okay, so Arik, overall, I did not enjoy listening to this album. And I think it's – maybe we, we, we're hitting on another trend that – if I've got zero expectations, I really listen to albums really differently to if I have expectations of them. For sure. So that's interesting to think about. Uh, let's rate this thing. Are we happy to do that? Any more? Yeah, I might go first. Um, look, for me, uh, I really struggled on this one. Um, so my rating system says I I put an order in for, you know, a vintage uh, Adas tracksuit top. Didn't show up. All I got was five complimentary synagogue books. So I'm giving this five complimentary synagogue books uh, without a tracksuit top, which is not what I ordered. So uh, I would say that's a pretty low score. Um, what about you, Dr. Amy Spears? 
you know, like I'm still behind it. I'm still waiting. It's just the post is a bit shit. So I'm hoping the tracksuit turns up, but it's, it's not, it's not hitting it. It's not, it's not coming when I need it. Yep. Gotcha. Was? Um, unlike you two, the tracksuit is turning up. It's straight out of Addis Adabar. Oh, now, I'm not giving this a good review because <laughs> that I actually really, really like it. I just think it ticks the box for what she was going for. And I think it's it's done that. I don't know if that's the way I should be reviewing things, but the tracksuit is turning up. And I'm actually going to throw in a copy of Great Synagogues of... <laughs> whoa, whoa, great Synagogues North, of... North Africa. North, yeah, maybe, maybe something a bit more central. Maybe it's something a bit more Central Asian. Maybe okay. Mongolia. Mongolia. Yeah, I dig it. So All right, that's a that's a bonus. So I was I was pleasantly surprised. It's a it's a proper three stripe. It's not a two two stripe Adidas tracksuit pants, and we're getting some synagogue action on the side. So that's Katy Perry's album. We're getting what? No tracksuits. Five. Five books from Arik. Um, the the tracksuit didn't turn up from Dr. Amy Spears. Or did it turn up? Like, no, it never I'm turned not up. Listening very well. Never didn't turn up, up and there's, there's nothing. Nothing. It happened. might. It might come. It might come. It still might come. It it, it might come. There might. It, well, that's that's she's, actually. She's got the, she, can I? She, do you know what? Do you know what, track, Arik? I'm gonna. She's s- got the tracking. Yeah, she's she, got the tracking information, and she's put a she's put a call into Ozpost. <laughs> Look. What that says to me is that there's some potential songs on here that could, given the right forum, could turn into bangers that she just get, hasn't fully decided whether she's going to like it yet. They're going to be probably remixed and played at the Peel in about two years' time and I'll be dancing really hard. Yeah, which, which is I actually... I can totally see that. Which is, a, which is actually, in all, in all honesty, a very solid review. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the track is going to turn up. Okay, and I've given it a, a uh, tracksuit with one extra book on Great Synagogues of Mongolia. That was Katy Perry's Smile. So the last album we have for you tonight is Umu Sangare's acoustic album. Arik, talk us through it. Okay, so Umu Sangare, born February 25th, 1968 in Bamaka, Mali, is a Grammy award-winning Malayan Wasufu musician, sometimes referred to as a songbird of Wasulu. Wasulu is a historical region south of the Niger River, where the music descends from age-old traditional song, often accompanied by calabash. Uh, Calabash is a percussive instrument for those tuning in. Sangare was born in 1968 to singer Aminata Jakite and Siddique Sangare, both of whom originated from the Wasulu region. In 1970, her father took a second wife and moved to Abidjan, leaving Sangare, her mother and her siblings behind in Bamaka. 
She began singing in the streets to help her mother, leaving school at an early age to do so. Her career began in 1973 when at the age of five, she won an inter-kindergarten singing competition in Bamaka, going on to perform wow. before an audience of several thousand at the Omni Sports Stadium. At 16, she went on tour with the percussion group Jab- Jaliba, touring in France, Germany, the Netherlands, the Caribbean and elsewhere. Inspired by her reception on tour, Sangare returned to Bamaka and established her own musical group. She regularly name-checks pioneer figures like Koumba Sidibe, Saleh Sidibe and Fian Saran as important influences who together with many others forged a distinct style of music based on local dances and rhythms like the Didal, the Bari, the Sigwe and above all the Saganihan, a a traditional masked dance performed mainly by young girls at harvest time. This unique style, which came to be known as Wasulu, combines the djembe drum and kariyang, it's called a scraper, propelled, propelled rhythms of the regional traditional dances with the jittery yet funky sound of the kamale nagoni, literally the young man's harp, an instrument which has played a key role in the development of Wasulu, adapted by the youth of Yanfolia in the heart of Wasulu from the Donsungoni, an ancient harp used in rituals by the Wasulu forest hunters, the Kamangoni in many ways symbolizes youth. Um, that seemed to be the main instrument on this record, so hence the um, the focus on that. Um, we might move on to the actual record. Um, we're looking at the album Acoustic, and I might lead with it. Um, so, this came through to me via the Spotify algorithm. I was really, really eager to listen to some Cora-based music, um, and I basically typed into Spotify Sona Jubate, which is a very, very well-known um, Senegalese Cora player currently living in the UK and I just clicked on Spotify Artist Radio and boom Umu Sangare showed up and I did this at about 11am on a Sunday morning which is roughly the time that I kind of get up and about and start making breakfast and doing all those kinds of things and for me um, the album just did exactly what I wanted to wanted it to do on a Sunday morning the, the vocal's brilliant the playing and the percussion has this kind of sort of it's like upbeat but not too upbeat that you have to dance you feel really quite mellow when you hear it um and and obviously umu's sangare's voice is really you know i mean it's from another from another universe she's an incredible singer amazing power and uh and i absolutely love this record i mean i think i have to I guess admit around I guess myself like I think I, I need to come clean in that I'm not n- really familiar with this type of music so for me to kind of pinpoint particular tracks feels kind of inappropriate um, and because like I guess my my measure on on like what I think is good and what's not uh, might be a little bit limited around this style of music so there was just stuff that kind of made me feel things and I just more or less fe- felt the whole experience. I loved it. Um, 
it just it did it did what it wanted, what I wanted it to do, and uh, and that to me was Umu Sangare's acoustic. What about you, was? Well, this was the second album. Thanks, Eric. This was the second album that was a bit of a fuck up this week because once again we have an album that was an acoustic version of her 2017 release, Magoya. Did you Magoya? Did you pick up on that, Eric? I, I, picked, that, I, I picked it up in I picked it up in the in the bio. I, I didn't actually go that far in in reading out the bio, but yeah, it is it is certainly a factor here. Yeah, look, I think we need to take this to the hot tub committee this week because we can't keep doing this. I think I think they need no, to be right. albums that are in themselves albums. We need to hold we need to, to hold people to account. I agree. I, this is just it's just too much for me. So I've listened to two album another two albums in regards to this release, but. Let's start with acoustic. Um, this album, very similar to you, Eric. I mean, this album was a bit like the Donny Benet, Mr. Experience album. For, you know, when you said, uh, basically it was my Sunday cleaning up around the house album. Like I unpacked the dishwasher to it. I did sure. the washing. I did a bit of vacuuming. Did some stuff in the garden. Then I had a cup of tea and some banana bread. And this is sort of playing along and I was digging it. And it was just in the background. So... Like I, I don't know about you, but I think like I'm so programmed by Western music that sometimes I find world music albums really hard to connect with. But in relation to this album, I've, it felt like it dropped pretty easily into into my day. But I think I found the sameness of the songs and the repetitiveness of the phrases, passages, and melodies. Like it was something I I guess I tuned out to at times and at other stages. Like if I found like the melody connected with me, it went from like being possibly tedious at times to hypnotic. So mm. I would say this album was was a lovely background filler for me, rather than something that you know that took center stage and that I'd really want to pay attention to. Obviously, you know, as you said with her voice, it was it's amazing. Um, the quality of musicianship across the whole album was immense and and quite beautiful. Mm. Um. Like, I don't know, I was getting visions of, like, maybe this would be an album I played that if I'd spent a day fishing and I yeah. was cleaning up. I was cleaning up after a day's fishing and maybe this music would be played from the from my beach shack and it's calling me in to make dinner and have a beer. But would maybe... It, would, it be, would it be rod fishing or net fishing? It would be rod fishing and it'd be really, like, heavy line, like a 10-pound line that I'd be using. Okay. and uh, And it would be hard work be single rod no nets yeah um well maybe it would be nets maybe it'd be a combination i'm not sure i, I haven't I, really I, thought I that deeply like when you when you mentioned fishing i thought i'd certainly saw myself net fishing yeah okay well you'd be out on a small tug that's right in the open ocean that's right yeah. fishing for sardines maybe yeah yeah and so you come back with your, your day's catch and maybe this would be playing and you'd have a beer and this would be a perfect soundtrack to that sort of day so i'm glad we connected on that but from a Melbourne vibe currently that we're living in, I wasn't really connecting with it on that level. Sure. So unlike you who sent this album to me, I would have expected that you'd have deep knowledge of this, but seeing as you don't, I will progress that I had gone further and listened to the original album, Magoya, to put it into some more context. And I did find I really actually enjoyed that a lot. Like the added instrumentation really helped keep, the focus on what was happening and 
I think I would have come to the conclusion that if I'd listened to that first, I would have been in a lot better position to tackle this album. Uh, so maybe slightly like um, Angel Olsen, this album was very similar in the fact that maybe the acoustic album is for the fans mm. as opposed to listeners who don't have a lot to do with her in the past. And if anyone is still listening at uh, two hours and 10 minutes into this podcast, <laughs> I'd really suggest going back and having uh, checking out Magoya, which came out in 2017. It's a beautiful album. Uh, and we'll, I'll probably go back and listen to that a few more times, I think. So that's my take on the album. Um, Dr. Amy Spears for the last time tonight. Um, from a public art perspective, um, how would you... <laughs> Sorry, I won't do that. I, th- I think... What, what no, 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 it's okay. No, I mean, I think it's someone who's like being asked to talk about uh, a field that's outside of their research uh, expertise. <laughs> I think I think this is the thing. It's like... Uh, talk about the structures, maybe. The structures surrounding... I mean, look, no, no, no. I mean, I think from what I understand, the themes are like about women's issues uh, and, mm. and being, was it Malayan? Did you say? Malian? Malian. Malian. Yeah, and uh, I read that, you know, one song is about female genital mutilation and like oh sex right. and polyamory and marriage. And That's very I, deep. Well, I mean, it's. I think. I think the point is that she's singing about things that are very culturally specific and kind of, um, yeah, like, like she's a very uh, empowered woman that speaks her mind about things that are important to her culture. And I don't know. I I I feel like I can't really say very much about the music except that I felt very. Uh, I need to know more, basically, and I can't say very much. But uh, it, yeah. I think she's an incredible musician, and I'd like to. I think, uh, like, if anything, it's like, thanks, Eric, for making that available to me. And I think that's one of the nice things of being about being your housemate is realizing that there's this whole world of music that I'm a bit kind of blinkered to. I'm only listen to mainstream music. I would say that most of my music is pretty queer and poppy. And it makes you realize that there's a whole other world of music that like we should pay attention to, but I don't feel I can talk to it in any uh, thoughtful way right now. But I, I, I thought it was beautiful music and she's obviously a, a really strong, powerful woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's obviously, so I, I agree. I absolutely agree with those sentiments because I didn't know much about her either. And I feel actually quite embarrassed that I didn't because her story is quite remarkable and well, her, her Tom Ayres re- is amazing. Apple and her resume is unbelievable. I mean, she's Grammy Award winning. Yeah, I just said, I just said yeah. that. Her Pal Mayors are amazing and you just yeah. repeated me. Yep. <laughs> so, so was it? Look, it? look, it must be our internet connection. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing, has nothing to do with me loving the sound of my own voice. Um... Yeah, it is one of those things, right? But I, I, I guess that's hence, you know, why we do this podcast. It, 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 it certainly, it makes us as as listeners and lovers of music, um, open our own ears to sounds that a we might not be familiar with, and then stories that uh, we may have not clocked in our own limited, you know, worldviews, and um, and uh, hopefully that that. Uh, 
that contributes something to the people, the four people that listen to this podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. Who are, who are now so what, or who have now all appeared as special guests. Um, <laughs> that's right. They've stopped listening now. Uh, so, so we might. So, go what did you rate. think of the album? What What did yeah, you think? I mean, what, did you, what did you What did you think? Uh, like, 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 just from like kind of a feeling point of view. Like, did you like it? Well, I like. I think if anything, it just like uh, a a rose. A rose is that a, like? Oh. I, yeah, there was an interest in like actually like broadening my field of of uh, listening, and I yeah, I definitely would have. I definitely would listen to it on the porch yeah. um, drinking Negronis, yeah. but I also want to know more about what she's singing about. Yeah. So I guess it begs to question, and I think that looks like goes to like a core of a kind of a Western lens, right? That, that we can, we can potentially go, well, this, sound, this feels good for a Sunday afternoon, but then on the flip yeah. side, they're singing about genital mutilation and female empowerment, yeah, it's been which is, flippant. Which is yeah. a much heavier, kind of way of absorbing the record than just a flippant thing that sounds good yeah. so mm. I, I think what you've what you've mentioned is really good and like when i say good i mean like it, like it's actually opened up some questions for me because you know my first read is yeah cool sunday afternoon sunday early morning or early day record but then provided the context of the lyrical content it just takes on an entirely different kind of understanding yeah what about you? That Wes? opens up a whole different. Well, that opens up a whole other can of worms. Not a can of worms, but you know, I quite often like listening to world music albums just for the fact that I, I like hearing the voice used as an instrument, as opposed to having to listen to what they're actually saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the, in that context, that's what this was, uh, as opposed to having to get. That, sometimes you get com- sidetracked com- com- by coming lyrics from a, coming from an like an English speaking position right because that will be vice versa i mean it'd be the same for someone you know from a different country who didn't speak english who would feel the same thing so um i guess i i enjoy hearing it um the voice used as an instrument as opposed to having to be sidetracked by what is actually being said and i I, I mean that in zero disrespect to the actual content of what's being said on this album but more from coming from a point of view that the voice is an instrument and it's nice to hear it um, used as such. So how do we look at rating this? I mean, it's a tricky one, you know, like like it feels as though the record like kind of has more meaning once you research it and then start to look into what it means. I think like, I guess I, I might just rate it from like my own, my own uh, experience of it, not knowing that knowledge. And, you know, we've talked about this a few times on the pod around the idea that um, there, are, there are times and places for records. And for me, this 100% goes on the Sunday playlist. Um, and, and, and I say that in, in the most, you yeah. know, glowing and loving terms. So for me, on a score kind of ranking, I would certainly say the tracksuit got delivered and I got two complimentary... Uh, books about historical synagogues. So that's uh, that's my score. What about you, Amy? Mm-hmm. I think I got um, about uh, like quite a few books about something I didn't under- didn't know about and I need to read about. <laughs> like maybe it's about synagogues and mosques and churches. Sure, sure. And I'm like, okay, I I should read more because I'm a bit like 
uh, ignorant. Sorry. So, so, so I guess what I'm understanding from what from how you've reviewed that is your you've got a lot of gratitude towards our unofficial podcast sponsor, Queer Birdic, because yeah. not only do they deliver what you requested, but they've also opened up a, a whole world of questions for you that you're eager to research. I, I want him to send me like a number of his souvenirs from his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I also want to like just make an artwork about him, like a, a public artwork <laughs> about his business and oh, his desire to share his travels because I think this guy's yes. got some knowledge that I don't have. I, I love it. And he's, and he's 50 like, kilometre epic journey and 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 to deliver RX yeah. DHL package. <laughs> Send it to me and I will write to you and ask more questions. <laughs> I also want to know what he does for a job. Is he a diplomat? No, 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 no. no. He's an he's a electrician. Um, <laughs> he used to be yeah. in the oil oil industry. Yeah, he's in the oil business. Right, right, right. Uh, he's right. an inspector in the electrical instrumentation business. I just want to buy more. Th- I got a friend who just bought like this, like went from, like bought this like very complicated Syrian instrument. I would tell, I look it up on Instagram right now, but I can't remember who they are, but they, um, you know, it was like the same sort of situation, like buying a very, uh, complicated, uh, expenditure for an instrument. And then it comes to them, but they also have this very strong connection with this person on the other side of the world in mm. COVID and it's beautiful. Maybe I should buy more things. You should buy more things. I think that's the moral of the story here is you should just buy more stuff. But like obscure <laughs> instruments or obscure tracksuits. I love it. <laughs> Maybe not obscure in Syria. Maybe that's not. True. Maybe not. Warren Hunter. Well, I'm going to head down a similar road to Dr. Amy Spears and say the tracksuit didn't turn up, but eight very interesting books about synagogues in uh, Greenland and Antarctica that I never knew existed. And, uh, you know, how did they get there? Why are they there? What, what you know, what is there? What, what more can I learn about this sort of thing? So eight unsolicited books on synagogues in the the outlying lands of the northern and southern hemisphere for me. All right. So that brings us to our conclusion of this week's episode. I guess I'd like to extend a huge All Music Is Good podcast thank you to uh, my dear friend, my, my partner in crime through COVID, Dr. Amy Spears. Thank you so much for coming through. Um, I guess what I'd like to ask you just as a parting comment is – um, for you know those unfamiliar with your work or um, looking to sort of understand a bit more about you know your practice, is there anything coming up that people should keep their eyes or and ears peeled for? Is there anything coming out? Um, oh, I've got a couple of publications coming out, but okay. uh, look, they're, they're so far off that you know academia takes a while. So like, just like, hey, thanks for listening and thanks for having me, and you know. Uh, Amy Spears is around if you want to have a chit chat or a dance on the Peel dance floor. <laughs> and and if you look if you like if you'd like to really tap into some awesome content, please check out Dr. Amy Spears' Instagram. It more or less is uh, is the is the go to place for easy spa spa jacuzzis and also High Claw, a previous um, podcast sponsor. So thank you very much, Dr. Amy Spears, for joining us today. Warren Hunter, thank you once again for being our spiritual leader 
uh, on this um, on this amazing initiative. We uh, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for keeping the ship sailing, um, ladies and gentlemen. That has been us, episode ten. We're about to get to lucky eleven. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the All Music Is Good podcast. Catch you soon.